Hello and welcome back to the Final Corner Podcast. On this week's special edition, we'll be looking back at the Turkish Grand Prix and we'll also be looking back at the final round of the British Touring Car Championship from Brands Hatch Indy. In this week's edition, I've got a special guest with me this week. I've got a marketing guru, a proper petal head <laughs> and a writer from sixaxis.com. I've got Tom with me. That is a hell of an intro. I don't think I'm going to live up to that. But yeah, thanks very much. Not so special guest, but yeah. Someone with a more easily understandable accent than me. Only slightly. (laughs) Yeah, somebody who actually watches a lot of motorsport. Yeah, sad but true. Yeah, but love it, can't get enough of it. So, um, yeah, let's give this a whirl, see if we can uh, talk about it. Yeah. You've been in quite a few touring car races, haven't you? Oh, yeah, I have, yeah. Um, Well, first of all, we've been to Knock Hill. We met there. Yeah. You said the word murder and it sounded great. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> Which I think actually is probably my favourite track to spectate. Actually, and then I've been to we, well, me and my girlfriend actually we've been to like Croft, Donington, Brands Hatch GP a couple of times in the rain, very muddy. But yeah, fantastic. Yeah, love it. And it's a shame that this year we couldn't couldn't go see uh, another one live. But uh, hopefully next year that'll be good. Yourself? Yep, I've been to Knock Hill where I met you, and yeah. that's been it. <laughs> That's my entire motorsport view. But it's good live, isn't it? I think. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. It's, it's, they're so much louder than you think on TV as well, those British touring car cars. Yeah. Um, I, I wondered when we went in why they were selling like, ear defenders and yeah. uh, earplugs, and then I think we were watching the Porsche Carreras. Which are quiet. Oh, when we were standing on uh, the back straight in Knockhill, we were on the point and we were just like upshifting. Oh, and yeah. it was boring and your drums out. It was, oh, really? It was, was it? nasty. I contradicted you there slightly, sorry. Yeah, but the, the touring cars are even louder than that, aren't they? And it's just. Yeah. The first time you hear it, it's it's so loud. The side exit exhaust as well, that's probably designed for the for the fans, actually, because that's facing the fans if you're on the mm. outside of the track most of the time on a clockwise track, I think. And so. Um, Yes. Oh, it's great. They don't make the best noise like a V12 or anything, but it's so loud. That's part of the experience, and it's just a shame we couldn't do it this year, but I'm glad they were able to continue with at least nine rounds and and get some racing done. That was good. Anyway, oh, yeah. I digress. Yeah, they've been brilliant to get even any races on, considering yeah. there's been plenty of series and things like that have just been mothballed, so yeah, it's good I, that they've even got this on. Yeah, and I thought maybe the last round might have been you know, put off because we're all in uh, lockdowns again in the UK, but uh, thankfully they were able to get it solid. Yep. So that's great. So it was the indie track this year for the finale, which I just found mm. odd watching it this late on and being a championship decider not being on the Grand Prix track. It just felt weird. Yeah, that that was weird. First time since 2010, fun fact, it's been on the indie track, the final, final race. It? Yeah, I didn't do any research. Tim Harvey said it in the commentary, so if he's <laughs> wrong, I'm wrong. But, yeah. Um, yeah, not... I mean, there was some good, great racing there, and it was really interesting, but it's not the best track to be a finale on. I thought that was a bit weird, isn't it? I don't mind it starting the season, because it's new season nerves, and everyone's getting to, used to new cars and teams and stuff. But, well, I mean, what do you think? Was it a good track to end the season on? Uh, no. I, I, to me, it should be on the Grand Prix track. It should be on yeah. the big track. It's a, a proper big, long race on there. That, that's what I prefer. Yeah. Um, I mean, the racing this weekend was good, but it's mm. better on either that or if it was on like the long Donington track or something. I think those would be. Yeah, that, w- that would have been good. I- and I agree, I think. Brands at Chindy's fine, but. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. not a special one. 
Yeah, it's not a special one that you want to be like the showpiece finale of like, look how good this championship is. Oh, yeah, Brechin, Brand's injured. Yeah. Well, going into the weekend, I thought there was only three people still on the, the title hunt. I don't know if you agree with me. It was Sutton, Camish, and Turkington. I thought everyone else was probably a bit too far back. Yeah, with, with three races and 20 points for the win and a point for pole and a point for fastest lap in each race and a point for leading the champion, uh, for leading a race. You end up with like more technical contenders than is probably accurate. You know, I think Ingram and Butcher were out of it before before it started, in my opinion. And yeah. it, it was just it was just the three. Yeah, I felt sorry for Ink. Well, I didn't really feel sorry for him. I thought it was half his fault <laughs> with the crash in the the race at the last round because I thought that pretty much ended it for him. Yeah, that was the moment. Too bit too far. Yeah, he got a puncher, didn't he? And then he was down the grid, and then there was some contact. Uh, yeah, oh no, am I getting confused with the The T bone may probably butcher. Yeah, the T bone and Roy Butcher. That's it. Yes. Oh god, sorry, I was slightly wrong there. That that podium there would have been good, strong points. But even then, he probably would have. He might have been still further back. He still probably would have been behind Camish, wouldn't he? So yeah, um, it would have been better for the championship if he was closer at the end without that Snetterton smash up. But uh, anyway, he wasn't, so he wasn't really within a chance, even if he was talking up a bit in the interviews, you know, Tom Ingram's like, but yeah. Yeah, he likes to pick himself up in a quite a calm, charming way. Yeah, um, he does. He, he's like taking like the, the, the self-praise that Jason Plato used to have, but removed all the the knobbery, what did you say? Yeah, yeah, he's removed the complaints about the rules every time he's not winning. yeah. Oh, but he's definitely put his tape in the wrong place at the start, so he messed that up. And <laughs> I forgot he doesn't about have that. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Ingram managed to take pole. Um, it was a wet qualifying. Uh, Rory Butcher, Ash Sutton, Dan Camish, then Jackson Hill, and Turkington could only manage eighth. Um, Camish had a couple of spins at the final corner. And there was a couple of red flags as well. Mm. The session finished a couple of minutes early. Um, I was a bit surprised um, that Turkington couldn't get further up. That car looked hot pretty awful all weekend. Yeah, I think I think it's a great team and a great car and a, and a great driver. And for whatever reason, they just couldn't get it together for Brands Hatch Indy. It was, it, like you say, eighth place is kind of okay in qualifying for, for him. Like another driver might be like, yeah, I'm in the top ten. But you yeah. expect with Turkington to be up the sharp end, don't you, in the top five or something. Especially all those other rivals being up there. Yeah, exactly. So they've all got championship ballast on and they out-qualified him as well. Yeah. So you just think, oh, well, maybe that was an omen for the, for the rest of the weekend. And I was also quite surprised that um, Kamish got away with smashing into the wall at one point. He was yeah. trying so hard in qualifying and very lucky to get out of that. Oh, and then he put it in the gravel as well. Yeah, he was adamant he'd been in the thing and like yeah. ruining his weekend. <laughs> that, that could have been... Catastrophic, really. There, if he'd lost a wheel or something, or caused a red flag and lost his best lap time early on in the session, yeah. in the qualifying session. So he was lucky, and I think Neil went off at the same place as well. Mm. So something to do with how they've set up the car, maybe, or I don't know. It was really crazy qualifying session, really. So many people went off. I think Carl Bordley went off like four times, maybe, mm. <laughs> and eventually yeah. finally beached it in the gravel. And Jake Hill. He he caused the red flag, doesn't he? And yeah, you lose your best time, don't them. you? Yeah, you lose your best time, but I think he had done a couple of good ones before, right. so it didn't really hurt him. No, no, but it, that's that quite could a harsh rule. That is, I always I thought yeah. losing the best time when you spin off. 
pretty it's pretty harsh. Yeah, it is. It is a harsh rule. But I, I, some other series, I think it was. Could be could be wrong here. So someone on Twitter will surely correct me. But the uh, Australian Supercars series used to be if you caused a red flag in qualifying, that was it. All time stripped. You're last. Wow. So That's... it could be worse. Yeah. Yeah. That seems <laughs> mental. I was a bit worried for uh, Tuckerton off the start because he was next to Matt Neal. And yeah. <laughs> I, think I posted a gif on Twitter of one of the cars crashing it and uh, Brands Hatch years ago just flipping over. I'm like, that's going to be <laughs> Tuckerton turn one, he's going to go on his roof. There's no way the old man's going to let him pass in probably his final race. Yeah, but I think, um, don't want to jump ahead too much, but where was Matt Neal this weekend? I mean, I've not, I've never wrote his name down once. Yeah, uh, I think at the start of race one he was ahead of Turkington for a bit, wasn't he? And I think he might have. Did he finish ahead of him in race one? Um, he was, he was. He did, but I'd, I'd, I'd never seen him on TV. No, all. no. What um, I thought was weird there was going back to your point. I think he was ahead of Turkington in race one, but didn't back into him or slow down or try and play some games, which you'd, no. you'd kind of expect. He actually yeah. sort of pulled away one or two seconds and sort of stayed there and was was absent. And then I think in race two, he fell back at the start with uh, slicks on the wet track and never recovered and never did anything and never helped his teammate all, all weekend, really, which was, no, which was a shame for barely, He's barely helped his teammate all year, to be honest. Yeah, he's never been on the pace. Yeah. I mean, we could uh, jump around all over the place, but I think... Do you think that was his last season? I think so. Yeah, I think that's probably it. He was mm. never he was never quick enough this year, so there's not really much point in him sticking around. Yeah, I feel like the signs were there last year a bit, and this this year, what was it? Was it I think one podium? Yeah. P eleven in the championship. I mean, okay, he it, it never he never won a race anyway. So um, no, even with a reverse grid or something, there were some meetings where he was just absolutely nowhere. So I think. Tough decisions there, tough decisions, because I think uh, his dad still runs the team, so will Matt Neal retire and take over that? Um, are the, some of the sponsors there on the back of Matt Neal's big name, so to speak? Will Honda continue support now that they're going to close the Swindon factory? So um, I think there's all sorts going on with that team at the minute, and it'll be a interesting off-season for them. Hopefully we can get some crowds in or some hospitality next year, and that might help the the case but uh, yeah also Neil's also got his sons racing as well so they, they could step into breach I mean who would you put in that uh, second Honda do you think alongside Kamish I think Flash Gordon yeah that would be Gordon good Gordon I, I want him back um, you're not patriotic at all there with that choice no not at all <laughs> I'm not you're not human shit about Rory Butcher so um, yeah. no I'd love to see him come back um well, we'll talk about race one and everything. Yeah, sorry. But Dan, Dan Kamish uh, won from, I think, third on the, fourth on the grid. Yeah, he um, was fired up. It was a, it was a pretty... Uh, uh, it was a cleaner start than I was expecting. Uh, I was thinking last round, last weekend, everyone's going to go mad. Here we go. Down, down, yeah, down to the paddock hill bend. But mm-hmm. it was relatively clean. Um, there was a safety car brought out. I think Sam Osborne might have went off. Yeah, and Glyn Geddy. And yeah. um, from the look of that, you never want to mess with Glyn Geddy. He was pretty angry, wasn't he? The, the marshal's pretty cool, though. He was just like, nah, get over there. Yeah, he was absolutely fuming, which I'd, I'd, it was only, the TV only caught the end of it. But it just yeah, like there was a lot no of clear clip. view. Yeah, it was just like yeah. a lot of clip on the back end, pretty pretty easy. But Ingram, I think, dropped down to fourth, but it's third to fourth 
after a couple of laps, something got past mm-hmm. them, Camish got past them. Yeah. Um, and the, the big thing I was surprised about was Tuckington didn't make any progress at all. No, just but sat there. Yeah, just pretty absent, wasn't he? I think uh, he had Oliphant behind him as rear gunner, but couldn't make any mm. couldn't make any progress. And actually, Oliphant could didn't qualify well enough. I think he qualified twelfth or something. Mm. He could have been up the sharper end because he had less ballast on board and helped his team out up the front. But in the end, he was behind him. Turkington was in front of him. Neil didn't play any games, as we've said. So, I mean, it was solid points, and you could think at that point in the day, oh well, he's getting some points in the bag he's been sensible the weight maybe the weight changes after that first race and he goes on from there but yeah it was just just quite anonymous wasn't it really yeah i actually thought often looked quicker than tuckington yeah, i think he made a mistake with tuckington yeah. right and back when he let him pass but he looked like yeah it was actually had the quicker car and could have challenged neil and went forward and got cooked but he just kind of sat back and mm. played the team game i suppose yeah but I'm surprised as well that Sutton didn't make more of a meal of it with Camish. Um, he, he obviously had a sensible hat on the first couple of races. Yeah. He was around his lesson, I think, was it Croft? He went into Jake Hill, cost himself points. He had a few instincts like that. Yeah, the hairpin, wasn't it? They got, um, uh, they got into each other, didn't they? And then I remember Sutton went off at turn one, didn't he, at Croft, into yeah. the barrier, which was a big mistake. And also, I thought at the first round at Donington, he was very, very aggressive with this whole, when he gets down the inside, then he sort of turns into the person before the yeah. corner, and he sort of stopped that. It's like he's been listening to, reading our tweets or something, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I doubt it. But it's almost like he's been watching the races back anyway, and he sort of calmed down as the season went on, and he was very, very sensible all through the weekend, I thought. Yeah, because my pick going into the weekend was Camish, because I didn't think yeah. Sutton would keep his nose clean for three races exactly. when the title was annoying. I thought he'd, yeah. he normally gets too aggressive. Yep. But this this race, I thought he was actually relatively sensible. Yeah, and uh, it was shocking conditions, wasn't it, race one? Very, yeah. very heavy but, rain, poor visibility. Yeah, I mean, yeah, some of the support races looked horrible uh, yeah. on the day as well. Yeah. Um, but race one looked really tricky. Very difficult. Were they all on the wets? Yeah, for race one, I think my understanding was everyone was on the wets. It was uh, later on in the day, some people tried some different things, wasn't it, race two? I I also thought Kamish did a crazy move, I think, at race one, down into uh, turn two. Is that Druids? Yeah, he he got Sutton, I think, uh, going down Paddock Hill Bend to force some wide. Yeah. I think it was maybe Ingram we got into Druids. He got Ingram, and I thought, "Oh man, that's going. They're going off because it it just twitched slightly as he yeah. went down the inside. I don't know if he caught the grass or the white line or something, but anyway, he, he kept it in control there, got past Ingram. So that was a that was a great move, but it was a sort of heart in the mouth moment, which was like, oh, right here we go, it's going to kick off now. You know, if yeah. they both end in the gravel, that, oof, that would have been interesting. But no, fair play, they uh, they they got it solid. What did you? What did you think of the guys in the midfield, Josh Cook and things like that? Um, they, they, looked, they looked relatively quick in qualifying, but it was all just kind of sat steady in the race, I thought. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't too much going on there. I'm actually uh, struggling to remember really what was going on in the midfield in that first race. I, I would say, I've got on my notes here that uh, Ollie Jackson was doing a solid race up there. Was he in, uh, what position did he finish in? Uh not in the top 10, I don't think. Oh, was he not? Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, top five. He was, he was P5. 
Yeah, it was P5, was it? I think he was behind his teammate Butcher. So I think that was another good performance from him. Yeah, the, and... the, the Ford looked pretty good this weekend. They've, yeah. They weren't the quickest, but they were up the top end and looked pretty pretty good to drive. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, Ollie Jackson's come on very well as a driver this season. This is a breakthrough year, I think, in many respects. After many, many years of trying, and I remember when I went to spectate at Brands Hatch GP, he was driving that... Um, Second proton around very, very slowly, very perhaps undeveloped car. And now look at him this year; he's won a couple of races. But he he, he was good in race one, I thought. You know, nothing spectacular, but to be in the top five on pace alone in a relatively straightforward race, race one, that was very good. And also, I think um, after race one, that was Butcher's. Technically, he couldn't do anything with mathematically with the championship anymore, could he? So, no, I think that was him now, but. Uh, yeah, that was him out of it. It was about sixty something points or something. Fell back to yeah, so so that was game over and um, that was it really for race one. That I uh, I thought it, it was okay with the conditions and it was interesting to watch, but there wasn't too much going on unless you correct me with something that I've completely forgotten. No, I I, I don't have much notes from race one. Um, yeah, just Camish getting forwards and he was on fire that through. race. Yeah, yeah. I've never really been that impressed with Camus this year. He's always kind of been under the radar, just getting good Consistent. results. It's, yeah, it's not like he's been spectacular at any point, but this is probably one of his strongest races I've seen when he's he's been like ballsy and went for moves that have come off. Yeah, I think that started in qualifying where he was clearly pushing <laughs> like crazy. Maybe he was overdoing it in qualifying and then race one he just lit the fire at the race face on. Yeah. Pulled up some gutsy moves and had the pace to pull it off, yeah. You could tell he was uh, worried about that final corner every time he went round it. He was taking a really tight line, whereas That's everyone it. else was going round the outside. Uh, That's very he interesting. Didn't want to play with that. Yeah, he, he, I think he tried it once, maybe. I think it was in the convention. Oh, he's trying the outside line. And I think he uh, might have lost a position when he did that or lost some momentum anyway. I think it let Sutton through. Yeah. But the rest of the time, he was definitely trying that inside line, wasn't he? And, um, yeah. Well, it made it work. Maybe on pure lap time, the outside lane was a bit quicker, but he didn't want to throw it, throw it in the wall. He's very familiar with that uh, yeah. off section of the track that weekend already. So it was sensible, but also very aggressive driving to get the moves done as well. So I was impressed mm. in that race. Yep. Race two, that was a bit more exciting, especially at the start. That was start. crazy, yeah. Um, I think everyone was going to start in the weights and then change their minds after the an installation lap. Yeah, it was a weird weird track, wasn't it? Because I think um, parts of it were dry enough and parts of it in the shade weren't. I think Clearways was very wet. Hmm. But then along uh, Cooper Strait and into Surtees along the bottom of the circuit, that was pretty much bone dry on the line, off the line it wasn't. So very, I wouldn't want to be in that, that position to make a decision on tyres there, really. Yeah, it, it seemed like dries were the only option because the track was just drying. Um, yeah, but I think there was a few. Was it Chilton? Yeah, Andy, Andy Neat. How can you that, forget Andy Neat? <laughs> Andy Neat. I think he was running third at one point. He was. He was. So the the wet runners got up the front. I can't remember anyone else that was on the wets. Those the, were the two that were in my head. Yeah, there was um, Nicholas Hamilton, Glengiddy, and Carl Bordley were also on the wets. But mm. Bordley and Glengiddy, at least they they pitted for. For slicks, which in British touring cars, if you pit, that's your race. That's your race over. You. Especially on Indy, you're probably going to lose one, two laps just immediately yeah. because they're not set up for quick pit stops, and understandably so. So, oh well, nothing ventured, nothing gained. I think if you're down at the back of the grids, why not? I would always do the alternative strategy like that. 
Yeah, true, you do that quite often. <laughs> yeah, it rarely works. It rarely works no. as a moral story. Well, it looked like a great show at the start because it did. Shelton was off and, and nobody could get near him. I think he had like four or five second lead pretty quick. And even when people started catching up, it wasn't at a huge, fast rate of knots, was it? Even when I think he'd Sutton had got the lead, Chilton was still in second quite comfortably, but yeah, then they just sort of disappeared off towards the end of the race, didn't they? It was, it was game over. Yeah. It would tricky lap one, uh, going down Paddock Hill Bend, about half the grid were sideways to yeah. try to get down it. It was mad. Ah, yes. There was contact with, was it Ollie Jackson and Butcher and Hill? Yep. And then I think Turkington, Hack Cook. Yeah. I think. Going into Dreads. Yeah, and uh, I remember at the start as well, Ingram and Kamish were both very sideways, actually, you know. It reminds me of an old-school Clio Cup race when they're all on cold cold tyres and they always just always half the field go sideways. Yeah, that was exciting. And I think maybe, um, I think, did the Turkington contact happen a little later on? I think, was it Kamish and Cook were battling? It all bunched up, didn't it? And that was actually yeah. crazy and very frenetic. And, uh, yeah, I think he was on the outside going around the hairpin and yeah. uh, Cook... And it came across the stadium. Completely right sideways, wasn't he? I think there was yeah. contact with Hill there, but it was hard to see because they were sort of covered. You know, they were back in the packs. So you couldn't quite see the contact clearly, but mm. Cook ended completely sideways across. And then I guess we had some laps with Turkington with some damage, which is interesting. Yeah, it was the front bumper was just rubbing on the tyre, but it didn't seem to really. It looked a little bit squirrely going down the, the main straight, but apart from that, it looked fine. So, yeah, and he was, was actually doing, I think he was doing quick as laps after that as well. Yeah, he was. Yeah, there was um, a lot of smoke coming at one point, especially down the straight front straight, and I thought, oh, that that might be pretty bad. But then mm. the, the pace was there, wasn't it? It sort of died off after a while. He was going through a phase in that race where he was catching the car in front, but then also falling back a bit. And I was wondering, oh, is that damage related? But I think it was just damp patches or getting a bit of oversteer in certain places or something like this. It seemed to be the, the final corner. He just yeah. he couldn't get around well enough. Um, I, I think one lap he tried the inside line and then he tried in the outside and it was just the same. He wasn't yeah. going anywhere. Because yeah. um, I think he was behind Camish or whatever and just couldn't get close enough to, yeah. to actually do anything. That was probably the one race of the weekend where I thought he actually had some pace. Mm. He, was, he was fighting for it there. He was clearly setting fastest laps ever so often, so... That was in the dry. Maybe that car was actually not too bad, but just didn't work very well in the wet. Do you think it was just the wet that was struggling and they'd have been fine in the dry track? What do I know? But he struggled in qualifying. He struggled in race one and three, which were wet. And the only time he was actually quick was when it was drying out. So I think that's just how it is with that vehicle. The one one guy I had the name written down here was uh, Senna Proctor. Yeah. Who I think started last in race one yep and then ended up finishing p8 in this race great fight back. was pretty good going yeah he uh threw it off right at the start of qualifying did he which is never a good yeah. look <laughs> no but well done i think uh what do you think to those high-end dice have they got potential to be up there is it the drivers that could be holding it back or no it's, it's the first year isn't mm. it the hand dice they look pretty they look pretty good in certain races at certain yeah. times uh i think race three uh from memory, they were going pretty well uh, up the top end. They were at the start, yeah. And then I think the last race as well, was it uh, Smiley? Yeah, he was fighting. He was going that, pretty well, and then Kamish punted him off. So yeah. <laughs> it, it looks like they've got decent pace at set right certain times, but 
Yeah. It's a new I think, car. I think both the drivers. Divers. Yeah. I think both drivers have scored a podium at some point this year, which is which is great for that team actually, because you think the year before that, were they in the MG at the back every race? Mm. Yeah. So it is actually a big step forward. I think it shows that. Uh, I'll come on to this later, I guess, but it shows how. And even though the rules are the same since the creation of what's known as NGTC or whatever, uh, teams have moved on and a newly developed car is clearly the way to go. If you look at the Ford, how that's improved. Mm. And the BMW was a big step forward when that came out. These newly built Infinities. So there's clearly like a almost a Class A and Class B this season, I felt at times. And yeah. the Hyundai is just sort of on the edge and hopefully they, they can push forward next year. Yeah, I mean, the, the old Hondas are still kind of hanging on. Uh, yeah, just about. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a few teams ditching those next year. Um, yeah. But they're still kind of hanging on now. Mm. Um, same with Adam Morgan and his Mercedes, which I feel like he's been driving for about a decade. It, it's been a long time, but uh, that was the final race. He nearly got a boat. Well, we'll talk about race three in a bit. But that was the final race for the Mercedes, wasn't it? And it was also the final race for probably the longest car on the grid, or the oldest car on the grid, in my opinion. Uh, which was the Volkswagen CC for Team Haas, which has been going forever. <laughs> yeah, it's about half the teams on the grid have had one of those. Yeah, it's just been passed about. And I should have totted it up before, and but I wonder how many drivers have actually driven a Volkswagen CC <laughs> since its inception. It's got to be at least. Ooh, do you think it's upwards of twenty? It might. It might be. <laughs> Must be. There was like four of them on the grid one year. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And then had a couple of different drivers in those four. But yeah. It was, was it another year with Turkington and Plato's teammates? Yeah, there was. They were yeah. swapping out the third and fourth drivers quite regularly. Yeah. Before that, Alan Men, you had a season with them. Yeah. You had this season with many drivers driving them. So, uh, oh yeah, we'll, we'll have to look it up another time. And um, you, can, uh, you can win that now. Team Hard have got a raffle on for it. Have they really? Yeah, I keep getting an advert on Instagram about them. Yeah, I think they're either raffling it or selling it. I think they're raffling it. Have you entered? No. <laughs> no, I have nowhere to put it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be very surprised if anyone does have anywhere to put it. And yeah. It probably is a very, very worn out. <laughs> yeah, aye. It's had a long, hard life. I don't think I'd feel safe driving it myself. Mm, yes. Um... What else happened in race two was a really crazy incident where, was it Paul Rivette was across the track? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, get the bottom of Paddock Hill bend. He managed to half spin it. That's not an ideal place to see a car on the track. <laughs> when the no. camera cut to that, I was like, oh, my word. <laughs> yeah, it, it was weird as well because he just sat there for ages. It's like he was rolling backwards towards people and then just like eventually put on the brakes and then just sat. And... Uh, I think it was uh, Turkington and all that came down the hill at one point, one time, and I don't think Colin seen him until like, the last second to swerve past him. Yeah, that was sketchy. I think it was uh, Turkington was trying to put a move on Camish, and they were also behind uh, the PMR Astra, weren't they? Which they were trying to lap mm. and blindsided this this the Audi in the yeah. worst possible position, especially on Brands Indy. Uh, but anyway, the Turkington managed to get past Kamish and avoid the crash in that one move, which was crazy. Yeah. But controversially... And he got... It, it, he did it under yellow flags. So I didn't see the yellow flags. Did you? Yeah. Uh, so I had to go rewind three or four times. And I believe there's a ye- one yellow flag at the entry to turn one paddock. 
at right at the top. Mm. So I can't see any yellow flags going down the corner or where the Audi is. No. And it's down to how you interpret how long a yellow flag counts. I guess they do it, whereas it's yellow until the next green or something like this. Because I did Mm. see a green flag waving once Paul Rivet had moved his started moving his car a bit. Near that there was a green flag and I thought, oh well there's no there's no yellow flag there. But I think it's right at the top of Paddock Hill on the left. Mm. I feel like there was a yellow flag there. So interesting because after the race, the driving standard steward uh, Jeff Allen, did you see that? He did no. a little interview. He pulled the it's his final event being the steward. Or driving standards advisor, I think is his title. And um he pulled the reverse grid draw. And Steve Ryder asked the question, like, oh, um, what do you think about that incident? Any yellow flags? He was like, ah, oh, no, probably not. It was a close call. <laughs> and obviously, he'd watched the footage back. Oh, there's been a protest from Honda. You don't know the politics, do you? Yeah. But on the TV, at the first first look, like, there's no yellow flag there. It's not very clear at all. So it is a very close, very close decision. There. No, but I, I didn't see it. And when I looked back at the replays, I didn't, I didn't see one. So mm. I just wondered whether... Uh, it's a bit of a weird place to have it at the top of the hill on the yeah. left because it's not on the outside. You're not going to be looking there. Yeah, I uh, now I'm doubting that's myself. That's only Marshall Post. Then <laughs> that's only Marshall Post to put there. Then that's really all. Yeah, maybe that. you can do about that. Yeah, I uh, like I say now I'm doubting myself without having the replay to hand now. But <laughs> I felt I felt like that's where it is. So um, I'm going to go watch it again, and then I'll right. when this podcast out I'll have to tweet uh, <laughs> if it's. <laughs> If I was yeah, right if, or wrong. If they've given them a penalty, it must have been there. Yeah. yeah. I think it only dropped on behind camera. I think that's that right. I think, yeah. yeah, they just did a simple reverse position, which is fair, I think. Yeah. They could have done probably harsher than that for undertaking of the yellows. It's actually a fairly serious thing. I, I, I thought it was a little bit harsh because it wasn't really an overtaking move. It was swerving a <laughs> yeah. guy that's parallel parked across the road. It, it's not like it was uh, a, a cheeky duck underneath or something. Yeah, mitigating circumstances. Just, yeah, he, he swerved right and then Camish had already braked, so he was ahead of him. Yeah. I suppose he could have let him pass, but... Yeah, well, at the end of the day, the stewards did it for him, so... But if he had let him pass at the time, he could have then tried again lap a lap later just overtake and you never know what, what would have happened so mm-hmm. yeah difficult one but um, anyway for me at that point then that, that was quite a big gap that Sutton got from the championship uh, regardless yeah. of that position really anyway yeah I think it was at 9 or 10 points going into the last yeah. round I think yeah. it was 9 mm-hmm. um, your man Owen Jackson always fifth again I've got no lead here yeah there we go <laughs> Rory Butcher fell back I noticed that he, he it's like he started off well and then started falling back. That seems to be pretty standard for a few of his races this year. He gets a great race one and then makes an arse at race two. Yeah. And then race three, he's at the back crashing it and so on. It's like no consistency at all. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly what happened at Silverstone, I think, was it? And he ended up having a humongous shunt in, uh, in race three there. And the yeah. team did very well to rebuild the car, I felt. So that was Sutton at one, Ingram second, Carish third, and then Tuckerton was fourth. Um, yeah, and Sutton yeah. disappeared, didn't he? Because everyone else was having too much fun behind him. Yeah, yeah once he got past uh, Chilton, I don't think anyone really came near him. I mm. think Ingram was catching him at the end, but he was just managing the gap, so it wasn't really 
too much of a race. Yeah, it thought for a minute, oh, he might be catching up, and then bang, he said fastest lap. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right, that's that over with then. <laughs> but well done, yeah, good drive. It was just everyone else sort of tripped over themselves at the start, made them made life difficult for themselves through the race, and nice easy one something brought it brought home the yeah, bacon. The start was important for him because he avoided all this sideways slide yeah. and that yeah. Ingram and the Kamish, yeah, yeah. Did, yeah. The match avoid that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then before race three, it was, was it Formula Four, F four British F four race. I did which, see that. Um, I won't spoil it for you then. If you're going to watch it, no, no, go for it. Yeah, go for it. Uh, well, Hick got lead at forty seven percent race distance. Oh, okay. Um, because of heavy rain and hail and. Oh really? Uh, yeah, it looked pretty horrendous. And then when the guys got out of the car and did an interviews, you couldn't you couldn't hear them on TV because of the, the, the hail. It was horrendous. I'll have to go back and watch that. Yeah, but because they called it at forty seven percent, it decided the championship because it was half points. Oh, that's a bit of a strange way to decide the championship, isn't it? Yeah, oh, unfortunately. If, if they had went like another twenty seconds later, it would have went another way. So. Oh really? Some, yeah, it was a, it was a upset. Driver who had thought he'd won it for half a lap and then realised at the end he hadn't actually won it. Oh, because of the when they do red flag, it was it a red flag that they did? Yeah, it was red yeah, flag. Yeah. So it goes back a lap. Was it something that yeah. to do with that? Oh dear, yeah. that is controversial. It is, but it completely washed its track for the race three. Um, yeah, I was very surprised because um, I watched race race two. It was all like you know, sunshine drying out. I was out today walking, so then to see it heavy rain at Brands. When weather's been great here, I don't know about you today. Uh, yeah, it's been fine. <laughs> uh, it's Slight cold weather. and grey as Scotland in November. Nice. But, but certainly yeah. down in Kent, it was uh, extremely wet today. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it looked absolutely horrendous before the race. Um, right. I was, surpri- I was a little bit surprised. Well, I was glad it uh, finished uh, before it really started because it looked like it would have been washed off at one point. Oh, really? Just just the way, the way it was coming down. Oh god! But I don't. Do you know who was on pole? I forgot to write down. Aidan Moffat. That was it. He finished P yes. twelve, and uh, good old Jeff Allen pulled out twelve out the bag. Which, by the way, conspiracy theory. You couldn't actually see the bag on TV. <laughs> <laughs> so he could have just reached to a table and pulled out P twelve. I'm not saying that happened, but it looked suspicious to me. <laughs> That's right, Aidan on pole. He, he's kind of had a a funny season. He's he's. Occasionally been near Sutton, but he's not actually closed mm. up at any real point in the season. I think we can officially call this now the Ash Sutton syndrome, which is if you're a teammate to him, you're going to get pummeled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. A certain Mister really Plato, uh, even though he won't admit it, he he seemed to suffer from the same fate. And the, uh, let's not forget that this is kind of okay. It's split fifty fifty, isn't it? But ultimately, it's Aidan Moffitt's team or a lot of his team running mm-hmm. and it's the laser tool sponsorship and you've got Sutton coming in just smashing it is his dad is he a, is he a team boss or owner I think owner? yes Bob Moffat senior yeah he's the he's the the person running the ship I think yeah although it's joint with BMR this year and I don't know mm. what quite what the involvement is there but but certainly um Moffat you're right it's been inconsistent he's had opportunities to get a good result and never, never delivered him. I always feel like he throws away something at the start of the race, like he did in race three in this one. Mm. He was down, wasn't he, to like sixth or seventh, 
But then actually as the race progressed, he was getting back up to speed again. And so I think he just needs that edge at the start of the race that can really step things on. But it must be quite demoralising when your teammate's fighting for the championship and you're not. <laughs> yeah. You're struggling to qualify in the top 15 most weekends. Yeah. Um, not ideal. I can imagine it's not great. But uh, I, he dropped back quite quickly. Uh, he even dropped behind Sutton. Yeah. Um, pretty early on when Butcher took the lead. Um, so I apologise to Rory, didn't he mess up this race for you? Yeah, true, um, he booked the trend. Yeah. It's the exception well. that proves the rule. Because <laughs> he got out in front pretty early and then just checked out. Yeah, um, controlled it as well. Yeah, nobody really came near him. Yeah. And Moffat uh, ended up falling behind Sutton and it was kind of just playing weird gunner for him. Yeah, I feel like it was only half on TV, but when Sutton was behind him on the main straight, it looked to me like Moffat backed off and let him past. Mm. Uh, but to be fair to Moffat, just to, to repeat myself in a way, towards the end when Sutton had got past, um, was it Camish uh, in front of them and and Turkington, then Moffat also then had a go and had some speed in there. Yeah, well, he got Turkington, I think, as well, coming down. Yeah, he did. Last couple of laps, I think he got him down the main street. Um, mm-hmm. So he, he, had, he had, I spoke about this a few weeks ago, he has moments where he looks a great driver and then he has other yeah. ones where he like, what are you doing? Very um, inconsistent. I mean, he's, yeah. he's won a race before. I think I was yeah. spectating it in Donington. Yeah. Um, and even with the ballast and the, back then there was different tyre compounds, it still takes a degree of skill to win a race, you know, not everyone can do it, so... He's definitely there, and of course he did very well in that one race at Silverstone last year in the rain in the older Spec Infinity, but, well, let's see if he's still there next year and maybe Sutton can give you some tips. <laughs> I thought uh, Kamish had just really strong in this race. Uh, yeah. He was fighting through quite well. Um, he bumped Morgan out of the way, I think, for third at one point, which looked a bit messy. Um but you could tell he was going for it. He had none of was he had yeah. to get he had to essentially win the race and hope that Sutton crashed. Yeah. I felt a bit sad for Morgan there because it would have been good to end a difficult season in the last race with that car on the podium. Mm. And I think David Addison agreed with that because when Camish made the move he went, Oh <laughs> <laughs> But I, I think I, it, it it was just a bit unfortunate. I don't think it was foul play too bad, it was just a bit uh, it was harsh, but okay. That's touring car racing. I do, uh, I do like that the commentators in the BTCC don't really hide their emotions when they want yeah. something to do well, yeah. uh, <laughs> or whether they're really upset with someone as they were with Andy Neat a few weeks ago. They were, uh, yeah, they made that fe- feeling pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't doing very well. That's good. Yeah, and that's that's good. You know, that's um, uh, again to go to Australian Supercars, which is a series I've watched a lot of, which is their V8 powered touring car series over there. Mm. I really enjoy it, but I feel, and I think some of the commentary is incredible, but they're very, very partisan and very political, and they will not have an opinion ever. If there's a big call, they're like, oh, well, 50 50. And it, it's clearly not sometimes. So I'm glad that Harvey and Addison sometimes have an opinion. They do a bit of that, but not, not too much. So no. I do enjoy them. They're very good. Mentioned Andy Neat, uh, him and Jelly came together up at the hairpin. Um, I would sent Jelly in the gravel, mm. um, and then they left the car there the entire race. Do you think that should have been a safety car? Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, I think if it was any other race other than the finale, that would have been a safety car. I don't know why it wasn't. Maybe they were worried it was going to get too dark or, or there was an extreme hard time limit on ITV4 or something, but that that would be a safety car. I mean, there was a there was a car in the gravel, Green Geddy and Sam Osborne, like we say, were in race one. There was a safety car. Slightly different because that was the start of the corner and Jellies is after the apex. But if he can make it there, another car can make it there. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. They were saying on commentary, it's not in the breaking line, it'll be fine. Yeah. Cars go over there all the time when they're side by side in that corner. I mean, yeah. you can't just leave a car sitting there. What do you think about that yeah. corner now? It seems like they've put more and more asphalt uh, than ever before, and there's barely, there's only slither of gravel at the top. Yeah, on the outside. Yeah. Mm. It's a lot more forgiving now. A lot more um, forgiving. Maybe it but, creates some greater racing and it's better for safety, but I kind of liked it when there was a gravel truck there, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of bumping there, so it's probably, yeah, it's probably safe just to avoid safety cars and folk getting stuck. But I, if I've always got the choice of gravel or tarmac runoffs, that's oh, always yeah. gravel. Yeah. Um, um, And then in race three... There was a little action going on between Hill and Cook, which wasn't really on the camera because I think most of the race we were following this Sutton Turkington battle as if it was for the championship, but it kind of wasn't at that point. No, I thought this as well. We were missing the exciting stuff that seemed to be happening up the road. Yeah, I kind of get that. And listen, I wouldn't know how to direct a BTCC race with nearly 30 cars bumping into each other, but uh, I was a bit like, well, Sutton's. Behind Turkington here, he's clearly playing it safe. He'll get by if Turkington makes a mistake, but he's not going to push him. No. So can we watch Hill and Cook going for it? Like, they're trying to win the championship for yeah. a podium. Uh, and they both came to blows, didn't they? I think they ended up, Cook ended up in the gravel slightly, and um, was it Ingram and Camish got through? Yeah, uh, I think it, I think it was Camish and Ingram through, and yeah. Morgan as well, I think, got through. Oh, and Morgan uh, as well, yeah. But Hill managed to hold on to third out of all of that. Yeah, um, good season. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I've, I've been really impressed with him this year. And he signed up again for another year. Yeah, very good. The old MB Motorsport, or AMD tune as it used to be, I guess, but Martin Brundle's got his name on there. But I think. Mark um, Bondale, is it not? Oh, yeah, what did I say? Brundle. Martin Brundle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not Martin Brundle. Mark no. Brundle. Thank you very much. That's bad. I've always got those two confused, and <laughs> there we go again. Yeah, um,. They've not got a car yet for next year, though. So yeah. This is the last for the, of the old Honda Civics. So, if you were Mark Blundell, not not Martin Brundle, uh, which car would you go for? Assuming that you're not making one and you're going to buy one from someone. You'd probably go for the new shaped Civic if you could get one. Yeah. It's probably the easiest transition for them. Yeah. I think it probably but, will be the easy transition because if they've got data and info or parts from Team Dynamics, they've probably got like a, a relationship there or something. Mm. But I don't know, I'll be tempted with that. I think that motorbase Ford could be a ripper. Yeah. In the right hands. Well, this is this is their first year of that, isn't it? Yeah, so it is. next year that should be flying. And I, I, I could be completely wrong here and I don't know the rules. I know obviously there are some shared components, but there are also there's areas where you can develop your own thing. Particularly the cooling system, but to me also, when you uh, where I noticed it most was Ollie Jackson winning the third race at Snetterton, and there's quite a low sun on a clear day. And 
to me, the drivers in that Ford look so much lower in the car than other cars. It looks like they really are sat on the floor mm. and they look like they're really far back and really almost in the middle of the car, almost like mm. a McLaren F1. So I think there might be some advantage there where they've done a lot of clever calculations of the, the weight of the driver and where it can position be positioned mm. and how that affects the handling. And I think that's probably been one of the breakthroughs that they've done this year. And I think I'd like to see Jake Hill in one of those. That would be very good. But anyway, he's, he's had a great year and it is an older car. He didn't get a win this year, but he's he's had a much better season overall, I think. It's hard to find three or four podiums. You know? yeah. So he's, he's, yeah. He's done pretty well. Yeah, and at the start of the year, he broke down several times as well, so hmm. he was always on the back foot. So Yeah. I do like the old shapes of it, so I hope someone still runs him next year. Uh, I do like them. Yeah, they are, they are a better looking car than the FK8, I think. But then looks are subjective, and who am I to talk about? Styling and looks, but yeah, they 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 always look like they're re- about to dive down the inside at a late braking maneuver for someone's mm. in that car. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's the memories of Shed and driving it. But do you think he'll come back next year or jumping about here? Uh, but... Well, he hasn't done any racing this year, which is a shame, really, other than uh, some historic stuff. I think. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, he was at that Goodwood Speed Week event. Don't know if you saw any of that, which was like their behind yeah. closed doors event. He was driving the factory-prepared Audi R8 GT3 car because obviously he drove for Audi in the WTCR for two seasons. One year, which mm. I thought it was good, and one year where absolutely no, I don't know what was going on there. So then I thought the Audi tie was over, but you see that it clearly got some links still there. But it would be really good to see him back in British Touring Cars. Will Do I think it'll happen? I think it depends on sponsorship and money, and that's very difficult this time. Hmm. Yeah. You know, with the current pandemic, and especially because a lot of teams, I think, have sponsorship deals on the back of hospitality, and they can't do that at the minute. That's no. that's a big, big challenge. That, but uh, I, I really hope so. And I think if he does, it'd be nice to see him in actually. Maybe I know you want to see him in the Team Dynamics Honda, but I think it'd be really interesting to see if he can go well in something else. I was watching, um, because I'm sad and this is what I do, uh, some racing, I think, was it um, 2009 British Touring Cars? I think he did a round in the Honda, got sacked, and then he did a couple of rounds in a Seat Leon, which wasn't very competitive, but he he was fighting for the win at Knock Hill, hmm. and it was very good to see. So I think, oh, wouldn't it be good if it was like a Shed and Butcher Scottish relationship team-up? In the motorbase team, but anyway, <laughs> they not. I'm sure they're a family relation. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can't remember what the link is there, but father-in-law or something, or cousin or brother like that. Yeah, we're all related up here. Anyway. They they both work for Knockhill, and yeah. <laughs> you're all related up there. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so that that would that would be interesting. Yeah, and um, yeah. Do you think the right person won the championship? Uh, overall, probably yeah. Um, I'm thinking back to was it Snetterton or was it Croft that uh, Tuckerton had that horrible weekend uh, where it went off at turn one. Yeah, that was uh, Croft. I think. Yeah. yeah, I think that that's probably the one that that cost him. I think up until um, that point, he he was favourite. I felt. Yeah, and I know Sutton had some mistakes at that Croft weekend as well, but that was the big heavy hitter for Tuckerton, wasn't it? The, the thing about Sutton is that the 
the Infinity didn't qualify well at all all year, apart from one round. I think he put it on pole, but mm. every other race he was down the bottom end of the top ten most weekends. But he was still managed to pull the pace out of it in the race. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and every race he was up at up in the podium spots by like five laps in. Yeah. Uh, it was flying in his hand and then race. So from that perspective, yeah, he was aggressive. He was yeah. quick. Uh, he, all the moves. Yeah, he made a few mistakes, but if he's going to drive like that all the time, mm. then it's going to happen. Um, but I think he probably did deserve it overall. I, I was hoping that Gamish would do it. I thought. Yeah. I didn't think Sutton could keep his nose clean for three races around the end yeah. of the track. But, but he, he did, did exactly that. He did that. Um, that's why I thought Gamish may have got nicked through and, and stole mm. it. But um, no, I thought he deserved it. Yourself? Yeah, same. Yeah, fair play and well done. And for me, it proves that all those people who were saying, now he's only winning because he's in this Subaru with the lower centre of gravity with the Boxer engine, well, he's done it with something else now, so shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I just think I, he's a mega talent, and I think I'd love to see him in like something like Aussie Supercars or the Bathurst Race or something like this, or whatever the new form of DTM is. I think it's great to see him in British Touring Cars because he pulls off great moves, but I feel like it'd be nice to see him on the world stage as well. Do you think he can make that step up? I think so. I think so. If he's given the right team and, and the right amount of testing and maybe a season or two to try and do it, but it's whether or not people actually look at the BTCC anymore for talent outside of... I think, weirdly, Gordon Shedden struggling in World Touring Cars has sort of put people off a bit, maybe. Maybe I'm wrong there. Mm. But, I, yeah, I'd like, I'd like to see him. And, and listen, he's won races front-wheel drive and rear-wheel drive now, so he can adapt himself to anything, I think. Yeah, and I was a bit worried for him at the start of the season going to Infinity. Yeah, same. Um, because, because when Moffat was driving around, what was the old one last year, it looked pretty awful. Yeah. Um, and then they've also hastily re, re, re-engineered it this year. Um, but I was really worried for him at the start of the year that, that this would be a disaster. Yeah, me too. I thought that was a strange choice. Because, as you say, the car, when it came out in 2015, when it was a works-back team, I don't know if you remember that, with the Tenor Man sponsorship on it. Um, that was an absolute disaster, and I think the Works sponsorship was pulled out after a couple of rounds. Then you had Moffitt. Surprised, I was very surprised that the team bought the cars, and they weren't very quick, except he had the one race at Silverstone in the wet way, put the wets on early, and he mm. finished second, I think. But they've clearly built these new ones, developed it very well, taken perhaps what they've learnt from the making of the Subaru Lavogs, and I just think he's a, he's a great driver. The car seems to roll a lot more than everyone else. Everyone else's, but mm. he seems to make it work, doesn't he? I think Tim Harvey was talking about, oh, look how soft it is. I think he's got a point. <laughs> it, it, it handles differently. It looks to handle completely differently. And maybe that's why Moffat, going back to him, isn't used to it. It's very set up around Sutton, I think. But... Mm. Yeah, it's a, bit, it's a bit weird that the car would be set up for a rival when your dad runs the team. It is a bit weird. Yes. Yeah, you'd think your dad would give you all the, the favours, <laughs> but obviously not. I mean, we'll get onto Lance Stroll later, I'm sure. <laughs> Very true. Uh, a couple of small other things just to finish off, if that's all right, with the British Touring Cars I was going to mention. Uh, mm-hmm. Just across the year. Did you miss Jason Plato at all? I think I said a few episodes ago I did, but I, also, I kind of half said it sarcastically. Um, <laughs> I, I think, you know what, I think the championship I actually miss someone like him or Collard or someone who's got a little bit of bite um, 
Matt Neal had a couple of moments, but nothing major. He tried. So I think I think uh, after the first round where the driving standards were awful, it all got a bit neater and tidier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I probably did miss somebody that was a wee bit of a, a nasty streak in them. It was a it was a professional series this year, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think exactly. last year I got so angry. I was so angry. I jumped off my seat when um, Plato in the Vauxhall was biffing into Sutton at Snetterton in the Subaru. And, oh, yeah, I remember but that. But actually, actually, that was exciting and interesting. And I, I, he knows he's, he's the pantomime character. And listen, I've brought him up here. We're talking about a season he wasn't even in it. Was, no. And I'm still talking about him. So maybe I did miss him. But I felt yeah. like it was a good season anyway. So It was. Um, I was I was thinking this the other day. All of the big names that were kind of there the five, past five or ten years, yeah. like Andy Jordan and all that as well, yeah. were missing this year. Yeah, it was a changing yeah. of a guard, wasn't it? I think it was a clear... No, Matt, Matt Jackson, yeah. Rob Cord, been missing for a couple of years. He's doing British GT, I think. He won the championship this year as well. Did he? He did. Oh, God. And won his class at the Spa 24 Hours. He's done very well in a, a Barwell Motorsport Lamborghini. Barwell Motorsport is Tiffany Dale's brother, I think. Is it? Anyway, that's a rabbit hole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically, the driver standards have improved over the season. You had a breakaway five from the championship, which were Butcher, Ingram, Turkington, Sutton, Camish. And, ev- and, and even with the ballast on at the start of the races at the weekend, they were up there, weren't they? And the races mm. generally boiled down to those five doing it. So it was different from that point of view. But it but it felt a bit more genuine. And I think one reason for that was this year we didn't have different tyre compounds. Don't know what you thought about that. Yeah, I never liked that before where you had to use a soft in certain races yeah. and it, it went off after five laps and that just you've got you've got the ballast in place to equalise the cars as yep. it is. Yep. You didn't need additional penalties of crap tires. So I was quite glad that that was missing this year. Don't about yourself. Yeah, me too. I, I, I've been campaigning for that for a while. When I mean campaigning, <laughs> I mean posting on a forum, which isn't really doing anything. But uh, yeah, it was really good to see. This 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 is a season when you can experiment a bit because it's COVID affected. So yeah, why not? Let's try it without the different tyre compounds. And for me, that was a big step forward. Yeah, okay. There was some races where there probably was less overtaking or less accidents and stuff, but it but it was still decent, and I think this year there weren't too many different winners, and in previous years there's been far too many, actually, where it almost felt a little bit cheap at times, and mm. so it's good to, to get rid of them, in my opinion. Yeah, like your reverse grid race was almost always guaranteed a, yeah. a winner who would never normally be near the front, because yeah. this year it was more of a fight. Yeah, exactly. Listen, yeah, like you say, the, the ballast and the reverse grids are more than enough, in my opinion. The tyres also... Yeah. Were there for added entertainment, but for me, it actually made it more confusing as well for the for ev- even for the most ardent fan, especially when they could only use the soft tire so many times in race one, two, or three. Mm. All that was 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 too confusing even for a hardcore. I felt so that was good. Yeah, but I ask you about uh, Tom Ingram. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> just every year he starts the season by talking about he's got to have his mature head on this year. And he's just going to bank points, and every year, I think he should probably win the championship by now. But every year he just seems to do something daft. Uh, I'm thinking Silverstone race three, yep. 
that he, st- he started at the back with Sutton and Sutton managed to get up into like the top five with yep. his mm-hmm. key crashed out on lap one. Um, and it's, he still seems to have that bit of naivety in him where he, he makes silly moves and costs himself. But Rory Butcher last week, um, probably an over-aggressive move where he ended up getting T-boned, but he did, probably didn't need to. Didn't need to um, do the move, really. Yep. No. What's your thoughts on him? Is he is he is he maturing or is he still making the same mistakes? Well, yeah, was this the year he actually arguably threw away his best chance of a title? Imagine next year if there's a few more sharp cars at the top. Yeah, it's only going to get uh, more difficult. Uh, I think he's got it within him to do it, but I think you're correct. He still makes the odd rash move. I mean, like I think Rory Butcher does as well, but mm. he's only been in it for. Three seasons, three full-time seasons. So, okay, you could argue he's still learning. He was in a new, t- a new team this year as well. Ingram's in the same car this year. So last year he's in the same team he's been in for quite a few seasons. So it's stable. It's all built around him. I, I think he had a, I think he had a good year. I think he was deserving to be in chance in contention for the title. But I think you're right. I think there's the odd, the odd error or harsh move when he, just, he can just get the points mm. where Turkington would would back out yeah he still goes for it doesn't he which is exciting I mean, you want to see it from a driver it's, yeah. not, it's not how you win a championship no he, and he's had some bad luck I mean, he, he has a, yeah. a puncture at uh, Silverstone as he well did. yeah which yeah. I, I mentioned earlier and sorry I got the wrong round there got confused with Snitton yeah I think I think he had some engine problems as well at the start but yeah. there was other races where he could have had the points and he made mistakes and mm. I want to see him win a championship. I think he Me deserves it. He's thinking he's yeah. a quick and he's probably top three quickest drivers just on pure pace. Hundred percent. Um, if he just stops doing those silly moves, yeah, and judges things a bit better. Mm. Um, I think Turkington's too safe sometimes, so I don't want him to go that far. But <laughs> if you can find a balance in between, I think yeah, yeah I think he's probably one of the best in the grid. I agree. He's he's right up there with the very best. And so maybe next year we'll see. I think also maybe benefit of the doubt in some respects. At the start of the year, if there's some mechanical problems, then you're on the back foot, aren't you? And you push a bit harder. Mm. And it's, it's a mental game at that point. And I'd love to see a second Toyota, actually. But I don't know if that's fiscally possible. But I think, you know, with the switch to hybrid the year after, I think that fits with Toyota's road car division perfectly. And I hope that they can put some extra funds in there. I know this year there was some... It was rebranded Gazoo Racing to align with their Le Mans and Rally, which is great. But it would be nice to get a second car in there. Maybe one of the hotshot drivers from the Toyota team elsewhere, like Jose Maria Lopez or something from the Le Mans team or something. That's wishful thinking. I know that's too far. But a second Toyota would be nice, I think. Yeah, he is fighting on his own, I suppose. Uh, yeah, he is. Well. He's, he's, yeah. he's out there with no, with no help. Yeah. And... Um, We've gone on a long time here, haven't we, about touring cars? Sorry. <laughs> but do you remember the driver, Tom Chilton? Yes. <laughs> what did he do this year? Not a lot. Um, we talked about Matt the... Neal being anonymous, but that guy let yeah, down for so me. He's... Big disappointment. He's in uh, the FK Civics as well. Um, Josh Cook won a, a race, or won two on track, lost one. Um, Calmish has been doing well, but he's never really impressed me at all. 
he's always been like the lower end of the points yeah. kind of fight and he's never I was expecting more from him actually this year yeah uh, he's done alright last year yeah I thought uh, I thought it was decent he had a couple of years with the shredded wheat focus at Motorbase yep. the first year of which I think he was was he in contention for the title not not you know fully at the top but I think he might have finished P3 but oh goodness no I'm that's off the top of my head with no research then last year it was a bit rocky I think I remember a puncher at Snetterton put him in the wall and that sort of damaged his challenges but he was still there you still were talking about him and this year okay he wasn't in any instance or anything but he was like 11th 10th 9th hmm. and yeah. I think this was a year where he sort of goes right well I'm in the good Honda now Challenge for the title, uh, and that didn't happen at all, really. And that was a big it, he should have been at the sharp end, and that would have been that would have livened things up a bit more, I think. And he, and he just wasn't, just wasn't there, yeah. And whether that's a his driving style not working or the setup's not working, I don't know, but not good enough because you've had there, uh, you had Cook fighting at the top end of the races, yeah. yeah. He was pretty inconsistent, but he still had moments where you could see his yeah. pace there, yeah. But it's Chilton. I mean, he had raced two here when he was on the wet tires and then ended up finishing like 15 for something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I can't, I wasn't impressed with him at all this year. No, me neither. And um, the guy who sort of did his thing under the radar, I felt, I wasn't overly overly impressed, but took his first race win and finished surprisingly. I was very surprised when I looked this up. Sixth in the points, which I didn't expect at all, was Tom Oliphant. I was like, really? Mm. He finished P6 in the points? But he did. And actually, yeah. that's a big improvement for him. He was pretty consistent all year. Um, yeah. He handed over a podium to Townsend at one point as well. Mm. Um, and then this, was it race two, I think, he spun this weekend? Yes, he did. Uh, yes, he we to mention that there was contact with Cook, I think. Yeah. Um, so I, I think he's done well. He's been pretty close to Duckerton in terms of pace. Um, so I, I think I think he was yep. disappointed because he had a few bad rounds which took him out of contention. Yeah. But he was definitely after mm. you know round two or three, he was still definitely talking about fighting for the championship. 100%, so it was. Um, so, so next I, I year think, he might do well. Yeah, I, I, I quite like the BMWs. It looks. Normally looks have a good car to drive apart for this weekend. Yep. And normally looks relatively stable. Uh, this weekend it was all over the place. But mm. I do quite like it. Uh, yeah. So to watch going round. That's my top tip for next year. Not to necessarily win it, but be in contention a bit more and help help Turkey out. Or or vice versa. That'll be interesting to see. But it'd be nice to get I, another th- a third BMW in there for Jordan or something like this. But yeah, we'll yeah that's I was gonna ask. Do you think we'll see Many of the big names, older names come back, like Andy Jordan, Jason Boyle, Matt Jackson. I was so hyped for the return of Matt Jackson. <laughs> and it didn't even slightly get close to happening after the media day, did it? No. And that was a big shame. I, 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 that was um, that was the biggest disappointment for me at the start of the year because I think I think that sometimes that the the original motorbase Ford was was quick in a straight line, but not that great around the corners. So it would have been good to see what he did in a car that's perhaps a bit more balanced. But then being teammates, Plato is also a challenge. But then he he'd done that successfully uh, previously when they were in the Chevy Lissetti. I think that might have been two thousand and nine as well. And so 
It just would have been good to see him back. I really like those cars. They were the sort of car which is like that shouldn't make a good race car, but it was. But it was great. Yeah, (laughs) it was one of those where. Well, why are they spending marketing money racing a car that doesn't even a fast version of it? But okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. Who's watching the turning cars and going, yes, I need to go and buy that now? <laughs> no one. Yes, I'll buy a rebadge day, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, no, but that that made it cool because it was very unlikely and um Yeah. So I think Collard's gone forever. I think he's in his yeah. GT racing zone. I think Plato in theory has this deal where he's I'll transfer the sponsors to next year. And I think he's missing it. I've watched an interview with him where he was saying he was missing it a bit. So I'd like to see him back, really. I can't believe I said that out loud. I don't know if Neil will return. And Andy Jordan, depends if the money's there, doesn't it? If the right sponsorship is there. I think he's very, yeah. he's got his own business with his dad about class, historic racing um, and preparing and building those cars. And he did do... One of the old miniseries was a sport race wasn't it, for one race this season? Yeah, and Andy Jordan yeah. was in it, wasn't he? I think, was he not running it as well? He was. But I think, I think yeah. he won it. Yeah, he did. Um, I noticed he had great. all his sponsors still on the car and his suit. Yeah. So he's still got the relationships there, but I think, yeah, I think, I think again, it's a it's a COVID scenario, isn't it? Well, I think yeah, he was struggling I mean, before that, but yeah. Yeah, he, he said he's not going to even try and come back unless he can make some money out of it. Yeah, um, because as I said, it's his job, so he needs to make money. He can't just be there to yeah to lose money. He's got to make yeah, sense. Um, but it's a shame not to have him there this year because the season before that he was championship contender. Yeah, easy to forget that, isn't it? And a guy I'd like to see back is Sam Tordoff because I still think he's got unfinished business. Yeah, I was, I, I was thinking about him a couple of rounds ago because yeah, he had that season when he was running up to Shedden. Yep. Yep. Disappeared for a year, mm-hmm. I think. Came yeah. back, didn't do anything. No. Nope. And then I haven't heard about him in a couple of years, yeah. to be honest. I think it's pretty sad because I think... Um, what was it? Uh, I think there was some... Uh, he had a, had, they had a baby and it was complications, I think. Mm. Yeah, sad news. But also, I think he, 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 he runs the finance division of the garage dealership company, JCT600, I think. So that's pretty full-time. And he'd probably take that on from his dad when he's, if his dad ever retires, so maybe. But I, I think he's got unfinished business. I think he's quick. If he was in a BMW, for instance, the third Beamer, hmm. he could be right up there. Uh, but I think, actually, we probably won't see that many people next year. I think Alan Gow said something. He might he expects a slightly smaller grid again because it's going to be just so hard to get sponsorship. Hmm. And at the end of the day, racing is the lowest of low priorities for many companies, right? Yeah. You, you can't be making people redundant and going, Oh yes, and we're going to spend half a million sponsoring this car racing team. Absolutely. So I've got everything crossed that there's a good grid. Yeah, especially if there's no fans being allowed back in. But right, I hope by is it when's the season start? Is it April? I don't know, but usually May. I think so. Yeah, April, April, Mayish, yeah. whatever. Yeah, hopefully by then, be allowed something. Mm. I mean, I think Knock Hill were allowed three hundred this right. season, but they said no. They said they weren't going to bother. Um, <laughs> So you'd think hopefully by then we're allowed. Depends who you guys do down in England, but oh uh, yeah, yeah, it's all our fault. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed for a good year next year. Nope, oh, I enjoyed the season though. Uh, it was good to have it because it didn't look like it was going to happen for a little while. 
it was all up in the air, wasn't it? And I'm very, very happy it was on, and I, I very much enjoyed it, and it was a very nice distraction from the real world. Yeah, which is all falling apart. Yeah, let's, let's not go there. The real, the real world's on fire, so stick your cards. Yes. So, next up this weekend was the Turkish Grand Prix. Um on a newly relayed surface, which turned out to be a disaster. <laughs> they decided to relay the track like two weeks before the F1 came back. Um, which I don't know if you've seen any of the practice sessions at the weekend, which they were about 20 seconds off the lap, so expecting to do because they had no grip at all. Everyone was sliding and spinning. It looked awful. That's fun though, right? It's great. <laughs> it's, it, it's a bit of a farce, but it's great. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was a bit embarrassing, really. But uh, I, I tweeted something like, "Oh, I think turn eight will be flat in these cars," mm. and it wasn't. No, <laughs> no. because uh, everyone was saying it, but yeah, it was like ice. Uh, and normally, when drivers are complaining like that, I'm like, "No, come on, you're paid to do this. You're the best, best in the world, and it's entertaining." But it did look, it did look extremely slippery, didn't it? Mm-hmm. And then it got worse on Saturday when uh, the rain came down. Yep. Um, Q one was red flagged pretty quick, uh, from what I remember. That I didn't really think it needed to be. I think mm. getting the cars out, it's not that bad. Get on with it. But uh, they also decided it was too too slippery. Um, For me, I was okay with the red flag. I was not so okay with the half an hour till it went back racing again. Yeah, that, that's what I got annoyed with because half an hour I've listened to David Croft not commentating on anything. Like, <laughs> yeah. Him and Ted Kravitz having a chat. Like, I don't need that in my life. And then we've got all the people with those hair dryers on the pit lane. Yeah, We've got Maylander doing multiple laps of the safety car uh, in the safety car and I'm just thinking by the time they get going it's going to start raining again. It didn't. But yeah. that's what I was thinking, like, oh man, here we go, we'll get one lap in and it'll be red flag again. But thankfully, it was all good. Yep. Uh, Q1, no real surprises. Was Danny Fiat going out was a bit of a surprise. Uh, I think he's been doing pretty well recently. Uh, I think it's a shame that he's not got a chance to see. But Yeah. Imola was excellent for him. Yep. Really amazing. That safety car restart video, I think I've watched that about four times. Yeah, you know, just had so much grip and confidence and yeah. balls. Where's that come from? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think for me, the Q one story was the whole Magnussen interview. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, he was accusing everyone behind him of not slowing for the double videos mm. when Latifi went off um, for the millionth time. Yeah, he did not have a good weekend, but I suppose we can get to that in a bit. Well, I'm just looking at his lap time. Two minutes, 21 seconds. <laughs> 11 seconds slower than his teammate. Goodness. I think he might have yeah. had a spin on that lap. If, yeah. I don't think it was a lap he did where he didn't spin. Yeah. Uh, yeah I like Letty, right. though, but he wasn't very good this weekend. But you're right, uh, Magnussen backed out his lap, which cost him, uh, and he was accusing everyone behind him of not lifting off. Yeah. Now, there was a... to be right about. Yeah, it turned out, who was penalised for that? I can't remember now. So, I think uh, Russell yeah. got a penalty. Yeah. Uh, Norris got a penalty. Yes. And then Sainz got a penalty, but I think Sainz got the penalty for blocking Sergio Perez. Yeah. And the harsh thing there was, of course, I think why Magnussen was more angry was 
he's knocked out then. Yeah. So he can't do anything. Yeah. And there is a little gap, isn't there, between Q2 and Q3. I think it would have been very hard to make a decision in that time without getting all the evidence, but it, that's definitely, for me, the preferred option, if it's possible, so that then someone's not kicked out when... But it, but it, but it was awkward. Very difficult decision, but I can see where the frustration comes from. Yeah, because if Norris went and put it on P3 and got a five-place penalty, it's not it's not a fair punishment. It doesn't help Magnussen in any way. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Q2, both Ferraris out, uh, both McLarens out, and both Alfa Romeo's managed to make it through. That was incredible. Yeah. Where did that come Viking from? was fine. I know. <laughs> Raikkonen was so quick. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. That was really good. They both made it to Q3, didn't they? And um, well, goodness, I mean, they outqualified the Ferraris with the old parts and stuff. So they clearly had the right setup for that particular set of conditions. As we'll come to later, though, nothing happened in the race with them, unfortunately. No, no. And then Q3, uh, the recent points were the quick ones. Perez was leading all the way through uh, until the final lap where. Verstappen got ahead of him and then Lance Stroll managed to take pole uh, for his first ever pole position. Albon was P4, which I've been shouting for him to do forever, and he finally did it when uh, both Mercedes were down the bottom end. Mm. Uh, Hamilton 6 and Bottas 9th. Pretty, uh, that was a pretty exciting Q3, actually. It was great. I've, I've not watched a Q3 like that for a while where I've actually enjoyed it. I know, I know, wasn't it? Wasn't it strange? Yeah, you just didn't know. And for such a long time, Perez was on pole and had everything crossed for him. Like, come on, this is it. I think uh, he was annoyed with um, on his last lap, Giovinazzi went off and came back on in front of him, which I don't mm-hmm. think was penalty worth a penalty, but it just slowed him off on the on the last lap. Perez says he had a faster sector one or something and he could have gone on, but you never know, do you? But it was still no. great anyway to get P3. And, well, Listen, Stroll did it, didn't he? And he was he was great. So well done, well done for Stroll, even though he has his critics, me included. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> listen, it was a really tricky track. He beat his teammate in the same equipment. Fair play. Yeah, by quite a big margin as well. Um, yeah, there was wasn't there one point where was it? It was either Stroll or Perez was on pole by three seconds, and I was thinking, <laughs> oh my word, you don't see that in modern Formula One, do you? But. Uh, I think also a lot of the focus of that session was how annoyed Verstappen was. He was throwing his ties out the pram once again. Yeah, I thought that was really poor. Uh, that really annoyed me, seeing him Did spitting it? the dummy after the race. Um, he qualified P2. Like, There's that shot of him sat against the wall on the floor and yeah, his team radio the, messages. Yeah, behind the bin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, qualified P2 in a race that you're the favourite to win. Like, calm down. He was kicking off about the uh, switching from the wets to the intermediates. But it was the right decision, though. He would have never got anywhere right yeah. on the weights, uh, even though they felt better. You can't be um, when when racing points getting two guys up there on the inters. Only logical decision is right. Let's try those. Hmm. And so, um, I hope with the benefit of hindsight, he's watched, he's watched that back and calmed down a bit. Because if apparently, apparently well, not, <laughs> well, apparently not. Yeah. Apparently, he's even more annoyed after the race. So. Well, I mean. Uh, He's a talent, and 
I don't know what it's like to be in those scenarios under such pressure and with so much adrenaline pumping through my system. But other drivers come across less petulant, let's say. Mm. Even even Lewis Hamilton was having a laugh and a joke about coming in P6. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if he's not spitting the toys at the pram, then I don't, I don't see how you should be. Yeah, yeah. Um, or maybe he's just got, you know, he really doesn't like Stroll and he can't handle being beaten by him. <laughs> I don't know. Does anyone like Straw and Nicholas? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I did. I didn't see Perez congratulating him. After, you know, in, after yeah. the qualifying has finished and the interviews start, it wasn't like, oh well, at least well done. But I guess there's a huge amount of politics behind that. Yeah. You know. Uh, and normally when one of the young guys does well, everyone's around going, "Oh, well done. That's epic." And everything. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone was just like silent. <laughs> I think Hamilton gave him a quick fist bump. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was slightly awkward actually. Yeah. But great, great qualifying. Just really wonderful to watch because you just didn't know what was going on. It was like mm. watching qualifying from 2011 all over again. Mm. The good old days. <laughs> the, the good old days. Yeah. It's as we call it now. Yeah, yeah, we're getting old. We're, we're getting whinging old. back then, but it turns out that was actually yeah. good days. <laughs> we just didn't know how good it was. Yeah. So, race start. Uh, I was laughing at the start, actually. It was an absolute farce. Everyone trying to get off the lane. Nobody moved. Uh, no, no, it was like, go and go. And nothing. Uh, Stroll got away well. Yeah, well um, done. Well done again. Both the Red Bulls just went backwards. They just they can't do starts when it's sloppy, can they? No, it's... the Verstappen on board was, he just, everyone just went straight past either side. <laughs> yeah. He, he did really well to get back to where he was, was it P3 or P4, by the end of the first lap, actually. But his start was terrible. Well, Vettel managed to get all the way up from, like, 12th to 3rd. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Hamilton got a good start. Uh, both Reynolds got a good start. And then I went tits up at turn one already. Yeah. Uh, Ricardo and Ocon made contact, right? Ocon yeah, Hamilton went on the inside of... Uh, Ricardo and he had to yeah. swear right in it, Ocon. But Bottas spun on his own in sympathy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Which Valtteri. I'm sure will come to. <laughs> oh, Valtteri. That but was... Vettel made a great start. He was up into P3. Uh, I wrote down here, was... Vettel, okay, exclamation mark. Because <laughs> where's he been all year? And I know. that was incredible. I think um, maybe in the wet conditions, power doesn't mean that much, does it? And... He was also on it for once. He didn't make a mistake on the lap one, which then set up the rest of his race. No, and uh, they've always struggled with the tyres this year, Ferrari, so yeah. it's probably helped them a lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Going in this race. Um, it was running P3, I think, Verstappen and Albon got him relatively quick. Yeah. Um, I think the Verstappen maybe undercut him as well. Because uh, all started in the full weights and then started shifting to the inters at about lap eight onwards. Yeah, I got down here. Leclerc was the first onto Inters on lap yeah. seven, and the, the commentator was like, "That's too early." And the next lap, he set a purple sector. Yeah. So it was perfectly judged. That was excellent strategy from Ferrari there, and then obviously Vettel pit soon after that, and so did everyone else. Really. Well, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead too much, but Verstappen and the Red Bull stayed out a bit longer on the wets than most. Yeah, because Albon was the last one. Yeah. I think it was on the the yeah. wets to come in. Uh, I think uh, Russell was the last to stop, but they they started on the inters. So he started yeah, he's, on the he, start, he started on the inters, which was yeah. 
absolutely the right call. And he was at what, P10, P11, and was in P11 for, for quite a while, actually, mm. until the tyre wear started happening and things like this. Obviously, then he'd done more laps and things than everyone else, but uh, that that was an excellent call, and I would have that was the alternative strategy. It paid off at least for half a race, anyway. Yeah, it got him somewhere near near points. He's fighting for positions. That's that's what you want to be doing when you're in the slowest car, right? So, yeah, well, arguably yeah. slowest. Yeah. Uh, it didn't seem to work for Latifi. He was nowhere, but for Russell, he seemed yeah. to get high of it pretty quick. I think going back to qualifying, Latifi struggled all weekend with this with this circuit. With a lack of grip, mm. um, I think he did. He have a spin in the race on his own, and then also later on he had contact with Grosjean, which resulted in yeah. a spin. Um, so yeah, not not the best race of the team. Like I said, I think I actually quite like him. Um, obviously, Russell's a lot better though. Yeah, it's his first year, but I, yeah. it's, he's not exactly. done much to impress me so far. Um, but. It was a bad year. wrist pin. Yeah, real bad. Um, I thought Albon was something to dry at one point uh, when he was the last one on Inters because everyone, yeah. everyone behind him was flying. Um, Max got preferential treatment on the pit stop there. Yeah, I, I thought Alex probably could have been on the radio saying bring men because mm. Max was adamant he wasn't coming in yeah. for like three or four laps, yeah. uh, even though everyone else was going quicker. Yeah. Uh, but he eventually came in and he came out behind Perez. Uh, Perez had a slow stop. Yep. Again. Um, did he go over it? the pit exit line? Who did? Max Verstappen. Did he? Did he when he came out or not? But it was under investigation and then it flagged uh, up after the race. I've not yeah, seen anything since. I haven't seen anything to say he got a penalty. Um, I had a look before we started, but I haven't seen if he got anything. No, I think it's it, all right. It, it didn't look like it. From the camera, it looked like he touched it. I don't think he went over it. I felt like it was slightly weird that that investigation came quite late in the race. We'd mm. already seen the replay and stuff. Yeah. They were clearly like, "Oh well, there's nothing going on here. Shall we investigate Max <laughs> Verstappen?" Oh, go on then. <laughs> yeah, Derek Roark must have got very bored. Um, and then in the end, they did nothing with it. So, yeah, what was the point of that? No, um, it came out it was quick. Buying Perez or Perez it made was. a mistake, and then. It's gone through out of turn eight, uh, onto the back straight, uh, well before turn nine. He got close to the back of Perez mm. and then um, made a complete mess of it. Holy moly, thoughts. that was uh, Code Brown. Yeah, he tried to go up the, well, he tried to position on the right hand side, up the inside through turn nine, onto the straight. Yeah. Um, and just got lost in the wash behind Perez. Yeah, it was that, it's that fast right hand kink, isn't it? And... Oh, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but you you could have obviously waited a little bit and got the run further down. But you've got to go for it as well. But it, yeah, you just understood why, doesn't it? It was the aero effect, yeah. and then he was on that slippy curb. But that was that was big. Yeah. I, I definitely, at one point, I thought, "Oh, that's going to the fence." Yeah. After the the first three sixty, I thought he's got it. Oh no, he hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just kept going. Yeah. Uh... I, when I was watching it, I was like, don't go down there, don't go down there. Uh, and then he, he tried to nick it up down inside. Um, a bit more patience, I think. Yeah. Uh, in hindsight, but a bit more patience would have been suited there. And he, um, and he just sort of rolled backwards across the track. It reminded me of the Paul Rivet action in touring yeah. cars a little bit. That, he was very lucky that there was a gap to Albon. 
And I'm mm. certain in that scenario, he didn't think that there's a gap, so I can do it. He just did it. Yeah. And therefore, yeah. it's luck. That he sort of rolled back across the track again and then get going. It was a really good recovery, but it, mm. bloody hell, that was dangerous and risky. Yeah, and released Albon, no? Um, it did. Had a few good laps. Uh, it looked like at one point he was probably going to win this. Yeah, he because um, uh, he was flying up behind both the racing points. He flew up there, didn't he? And he he uh, he, over, he got past Hamilton and Vettel in the first part of the race. He he got right behind Perez, but then couldn't get past Perez, and that was he just sort of sat there for a long time. And not only had a spin as well. Yep. And um, it, I thought it was a good performance still from Albon. At least he he was in the fight, wasn't he? And mm. not enough to save his job, I don't think. But no, uh, his defense could be well. Max spun twice as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I thought it was his. It was his to lose at that point when he was behind both racing points. Um, he was at least on for a podium, um, and he did throw it away by doing that spin. He did. Um, he did. But it was a better weekend for him. He yeah, qualified yeah. P4. But do you think he's out? Yeah, I think he's gone. I think he's gone. But I don't know who's in there. Hmm. And I would like to see Hulkenberg. But ultimately, Perez has had a whole... Se- no, nearly said a whole season of seat time, obviously. He missed a couple of races, didn't he? But hmm. Perez will be less rusty. And he did a good result today, which surely helps his cause. Um, I mean, who would you put in that second seat? I, for pure sentimental reasons, I would put Hulkenberg in there because I want to see him get a podium. Yeah, everyone loves an underdog, and I would do exactly the same. Yeah, um, but I think Perez deserves it. Yes, and not that Red Bull need it, but he's got some money, and maybe True. they do need it if they're going to develop their own engine or carry on this Honda thing. True, I think it's a thirty million pound a year, mm. or whatever his sponsorship is. You can't sniff that. at that. No, um, no team. And it's not like he's bad; he's really no. good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, it's a shame that it's like one of them are going to miss out in a seat next year. Yeah, like yeah. Parents. Yeah. yeah, but I agree with you. I think Alpons, even though it was a better weekend, I think he's he's gone. He's he's had his chance. Yeah, and it's a shame, and I don't know where he would go next because it sounds like Sonoda is going to be at Toro Rosso and therefore um, alongside Gasly and so wh- where is there else to go for Albon other than being maybe a reserve driver which no one really wants to do that when you're not going to get seat time no um... I just don't see another option really it's a bit, which is a shame because I do like him and I do think he could be good I think he's up against Max Verstappen in a car that's set up for Max he really needs that as a year and now for Terry to develop, yeah. but he's he's not going to get it unless unless he takes a year out and then Gasly moves. That's a good point. He probably was promoted too soon as well because of the Gasly issues, and maybe he wasn't ready for it. Yeah, and Red Bull clearly don't like Gasly, and they don't want him anywhere near their car, Um so they may think. Take a year out, Alex, and then we'll put you back in that car in a year when Gasly moves on. Yeah, that could be will. an option. It could be. I don't see Gasly sitting there in a second team for a year on year. I, I believe he's so better no than that Toro Rosso. He deserves better, so it would be good 
there is another seat around where that would be. I don't know. People seem to be pointing to Renault, do they? But that's that's only providing that Ocon doesn't beat Alonso next year, which he could do, right? And in which case, mm-hmm. there's no space at Renault. No. So you can't rely on that. But it's good that at least they've kept Gasly on at Toro. So, yeah. Oh, my goodness, AlphaTauri. <laughs> I'll like be calling for, uh, Racing Point Force India soon. <laughs> I still do that. I prefer Force India. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I actually watched a, a... Sorry to digress, but there was a, there's a Netflix documentary on... Uh, it's called something like Bad Billionaires of India. And VJ oh Mali has got an, ep- no. an episode. I watched the VJ Mali episode. It's interesting. Is it good? Yeah, I think it's alleging that uh, he invented Kingfisher beer, and then from there, Kingfisher Airlines. The airlines were struggling. He then got business loans to help from the government and stuff to help the airline, and you know, sort of funneled that through the Formula One team and used that to help the Formula One team. That's the allegation, and therefore, that's dodgy as hell. Hmm. Anyway, sorry, back to the race. And meanwhile, Bottas <laughs> is having another spin, probably. How many spins did you count? Uh, I think I think they showed three on TV, but there was a couple where I noticed that his name dropped in the the, the charts suddenly, but they didn't mention it. So I I got to I just thought he had five. I what, what did you think? Yeah, I have three written down, but there was at least one where they said it in commentary, but you didn't see it, and yeah. there was probably another one as well. So uh, two were at the exit of turn one into turn two, right? Mm-hmm. At least. And oh, so hang on, so that that maybe there's four there, or maybe I remembered it wrong. But it was turn one, lap one. Yep. Then wasn't there later on in the same lap with Ocon contact? Yeah, he crashed into Ocon into the turn eleven. Yeah. Then there was I felt like two spins where on the exit of turn one going into turn two was just slightly on the wet line. That at least happened once. That's at least three, potentially Mm -hmm. four, and then there was at least one or two in commentary. So, I mean. and then he got lapped Mate. just to rub it in. Yeah, and he almost spun it again when Hamilton yeah. was trying to go past him. He went, <laughs> he went off and come on. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is just what's going to happen. He's going to spin and wipe out worse. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that would have been day. embarrassing. I mean, I was hoping it was happening because uh, <laughs> Perez... Well, Hamilton came from nowhere. Yeah, we should talk about uh, that. Yeah. Suddenly found tons of speed. Uh, Vettel... He was behind Vettel for the ages. Yep, yep. And Spassian pitted. And then Stroll pitted from the lead. Um, Hamilton then just found all the pace in the world. Do you think Stroll should have pitted? Because all of a sudden he had a big he had a big lead. He did really well all race. But then Perez caught right back up to him, didn't he? And then the pack yeah. was chasing. It was down to like a second and a half to yeah. Perez. Yeah. Uh, it was losing a lot of time. And I think... Leclerc had just pitied again for yep. fresh hours and was flying. Mm-hmm. So I thought they threw it away, but in hindsight, looking at it, it was only a decision they could make. Um, because Hamilton and Pettis ended up doing 40 something, 50 something yep. laps in their tyres. Nobody thought at that point that was possible. Mm. Uh, and it looked like new hours would be the best way to go. Yeah, I, I was completely on board with that. But the fact that People talk about Perez all the time. Oh, he can save tyres. Oh, I've not seen that for years. But then yeah. he could today. Yeah. Because he, they were, the they, the drivers who were on the old inter, Inters, including Hamilton, were basically on slicks at that point. Hmm. They'd worn down, which was, must have been risky for a, a puncher or something. Hmm. Um, so then Perez gets a lead, doesn't he? And you think, oh, that's good. But, but actually, 
Hamilton did a much better job at saving those tyres. And where the heck did that come from? Oh, I was just out of nowhere because he was struggling, 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 and all of a sudden... Oh, Bono, the tyres don't work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Bono, the brakes aren't working. That's right, he was complaining about his brakes, wasn't he? Yeah, the front brakes, they don't purple work. sectors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he just does it to amuse himself sometimes. It, it provided us with uh, at least the fake hope for two-thirds of the race that, ooh, something interesting might be happening here. Yeah. And then just switched he, it on. Once he got past Perez, he just drove off. Um, it was mad. And I think both of us probably wanted a racing point win. But ultimately, you can't. Like, he, he, he was perfect. He was the best one there, and I can't argue with it. No. Uh, yeah. I'd love to see Perez win. Yeah. Uh, finally. But um, I, don't, I don't really understand why it worked on Lewis's car and not Bottas. Yeah. It's, it's maybe because Bottas kept spinning and had to, I think he had to pit twice. Mm-hmm. Um, that's maybe maybe why it was. But he just he just couldn't get any temperature in his tyres, whereas Lewis managed to eventually quick and get it. Yeah, it was it was night and day, wasn't it? It was embarrassing. Which just shows you how good he is. It was a it was a great example of how good he is. It's so easy yeah. to get bored with him winning all the time. It's so easy to get bogged down in what he puts on social media. It's so easy oh, to I just follow. Him. Well, well, I don't. But you see, you see stories, don't you? I think yeah. you know. I'll I'll, I'll not mention him because I might get sued. Uh, <laughs> and you see people sort of bemoaning his lifestyle or his. Um, the fact that oh, it's just the same result all, all 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 the time. I'm bored of this, but today was like a yeah, oh yeah, he's he is amazing, and I'm mm. you know can't take it away from him. It's just how how that happened doesn't make any sense, but it did. Yeah, yeah. Um, because there was guys who put on new tires and they were fine, yeah. but then Stroll put on new tires with nowhere. Uh, Vettel was flying, so was Leclerc. Signs came up from nowhere. Uh, yeah, Morris he did very well. in fastest laps on new tyres. Yeah. Um, he got past. Did you see his move on uh, Russell in the final yeah. corner? Yeah. Uh, that was a naughty wee bump, I thought. But that was. I quite, um, that. I quite liked that. Someone's been watching British Touring Cars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I liked uh, Martin Brundle's commentary. He's like, I prefer to see them doing that than patting each other on the back on social media all the time. That's a Which, that's very good. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. I want to see them have a wee fight and a wee bit yeah, of yeah, between yeah. them all. Yeah. You want rivalry. I don't think that's a huge rivalry, but it was a, it was on, on edge, that move, and that's great because you want the drivers making that call. I don't think anyone else mm. really overtook into that final corner, actually, did they? It was more two corners mm. before that. Yeah, and there wasn't any in turn one as well, which is no. was, I thought there would have been. Well, maybe in the dry there might have been, but yeah, maybe in the dry. there wasn't anything in the way. Previously in the dry, if you could get like a switchback manoeuvre if they're trying to defend into the final corner and then get the run down to turn one. Mm. And this year, I think it was so slippy to turn one that everyone just backed off. Yeah. Did you think getting one would go any slacks at any point? At the end, I thought, right, if I'm George Russell, get me on the slicks now. And I don't know why someone didn't. But actually, maybe it was just... Oh, once again, Formula 1 promised the, the rain at the yeah. end. <laughs> and and I, inevitably, it didn't arrive. I want no more in-race weather updates no. with Ted Body Kravitz standing <laughs> on the roof. 
Because he's never got a weather report right in his life. It's just false hope. Now, when they said that, I, I nearly tweeted out, well, that's it's not. It's going to be dry, isn't it? And, yeah. I, and I wish I had the, the courage behind the conviction to say something publicly because, okay, there was no rain last lap. They were going to uh, box or pit Hamilton, weren't they, for uh, safety mm. yeah. inters, and he decided against it. Yeah. And that was actually the right call. Yeah. Again, and- you know, we could be like, oh, he's always complaining on the radio. But he was right. So, well done. Yep. Her man Perez managed to drag his tyres out. Yeah. A ridiculous amount. Perez were gone by the end. Yeah, well done for that. Yeah, he had no grip at the end. And they nearly uh, got caught, didn't he? Yeah. Well, uh, he went off uh, coming on the back straight, was it? Which put Leclerc right up beside him. He actually got past. Mm. Uh, and he managed to... Sh- Beat him on the straight, despite Leclerc having DRS. Speaks volumes about the Ferrari pre- <laughs> engine. Pretty damning. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then Charles walks up, yeah. going into the penultimate corner, uh, and lets Vettel go through. Unbelievable. So I, was che- I was cheering. Yeah. Seb gets his first podium in the year. I think um, if I was in Leclerc's position, I would have totally gone for that as well. Yeah. He um, dive-bombed down the inside, but yeah, just locked up, ran wide, and then... All Vettel got on the podium. But earlier in the race, you know, Charles had caught Vettel quite handsomely mm. from a fair way back, especially from the early stages, overtaking Seb. But then Seb actually managed to keep with him close enough mm. so that when the error happened, boom, he was there to capitalise. So actually a bit of the old magic was, was still there, maybe. Though I'm not going to start dreaming about a resurgence next year, but... No, um, fair, well, fair play. He did. He did really well this race. I thought Vettel. Vettel, I, I think he drove really well. Yeah. Uh, I, um, I'm a bit dubious but he's actually got it still mm. myself. But mm. it was certainly a brilliant race for him. Yeah. Um, Carlos Sainz, I thought, did great as well. Got him to P5 because he started from nowhere. Yeah, he was uh, right down. Didn't he have a grid penalty as well? Like I think we've yeah. already said, and a bad um, qualifying, and so. In the race, plugged away, the car came alive. He did really well. He does really well in those conditions generally, I think. Uh, insert some reference about his dad being a rally driver. And <laughs> it, it was really good to see. And he very nearly, very, very nearly got Charles in the final corner. If you look in the background mm. of the final shot, it just gets a bit of oversteer and you think, ah. Which, of course, that's very important for the Constructors' Championship, which I don't know if you've seen the updated table. Yep. But uh, it's still very close between the oh, third and fourth. Renault's dropped back a little, but it's still yeah. very close. I think uh, what happened to Renault after the first lap? Just nothing, really. Yeah, uh, Ricardo just seemed to be sitting like yeah. about P8 with nobody in front of him. And then I think he had signs behind him for ages. But he just didn't, didn't have any pace at all. No, bad uh, bad race for them, really. Obviously, he kept uh, it on the island, but... Yeah, Ocon recovered, so I think, to 11th, I think it was. Yeah, something like that. Um, but they, they didn't have any pace at all. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a wee bit worried about the McLarens. Uh, it may just be... Me too. The way, the way they've been developing their car to get ready for next year. I hope so. Because um, they're, they're switching to Mercedes next year. Or, yeah, yeah it's so next year, isn't it? Unfortunately, they've got to do a lot of more work than most because they're switching power unit. Yeah, or engine. Um, I'm gonna call it an engine. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> ah, PU. Um, but 
I think a lot of the results have actually masked that they're behind in pace of the other midfield team. I think they do very good strategies, and I think they've got two great drivers. And I yeah. think that, I mean, let's also not forget that Racing Point had a Constructors uh, Championship penalty, right? So they should be much oh, further yeah, ahead so for copying yeah. the Mercedes, right? Yeah. And and they should be much further ahead than uh, McLaren, in my opinion, because especially at the start of the year, they did not make the most of those opportunities. Um, so probably for me on pace alone, it should be racing point. And then Renault clearly very quick in certain circumstances, but as the day shows, if there's any wet races as we go to at the end of the year, they're not. I don't think they're going to be up there. What am I saying? The point is, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. I hope McLaren can do it, but I don't think they've got the outright. I think they're the slowest of those three cars. Yeah, um, but the, 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 you're right. The racecraft gets them out of the hole most weeks. Yeah, um, I agree with you, Racing Point. They've they've missed a big chance this year to get a bunch of podiums. Yeah, they, they should have had several. They probably should have won really mm. in Monza. If you think back uh, when Stroll made a mess of the free start, yeah, that that was theirs. We really to win. Uh, and this, even this weekend, uh, not account for Hamilton's amazing pace out of nowhere, they were in a really strong position to win that. I mean, yeah. uh, Stroll was 10, 12 seconds clear at it one was, point. He was gone. Yeah. Um, I'd like to interject with a, uh, a segment, so to speak, called Crafty Watch. If that's oh all right. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, two, two things. One was one was an easy mistake to make, which called Lando Norris Nando Norris, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> but one really wound me up. Now I know it's not him; it's probably the production team and the, the director. But like halfway through the race, he gives some stupid, pointless stat about this race has had more leaders than any other race, and I was thinking, yeah, because of pit stops and yeah. people staying out. Yeah. Use that statistic. When there's been overtaken. <laughs> and I can't uh, remember how much of But that was just that. Oof, I got angry with that. <laughs> yeah, because then he was going on about someone leading the race. I can't remember who it was. Um, it may have been Albon. He was making a point, and Alex was just leading the race a few laps ago. I was like, yes, he hadn't pit. <laughs> he hadn't pit. Of course, he was leading the race. Exactly. He was the only one on still wet, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, the the one that annoyed me this one is just mixing up the cars. It kept mixing up all the cars. Um, oh, I did notice he that. He is at the terrible start. at telling remember. the teammates apart. He mixed up one of the driver stewards at one point when it cut to a shot. Did he? And and Brundle had to say not Blundell had to say. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, no, he's not here this weekend. Oh, is he not? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Listen, I I couldn't commentate. It's difficult, but uh, actually, um. I was quite sad by the news that Ben Edwards is sort of leaving Channel 4 before the yeah, start of the weekend. Yeah, but who do you think he's gone? Do you think he's just stepping away or is he, has he got another job lined up for a prominent broadcaster? Right, well, I'm going to do some live Googling, which is never good. So uh, talk amongst yourself. <laughs> now, um, my interpretation of his tweets were that he's just sort of taken a year out and chilling out. Um, it's time for me to step back a bit and take a wider perspective on everything. But always be involved in motorsport in one form or another. Um, that doesn't sound like he signed for Sky. No, <laughs> definitely not. No, uh, and I just think him and and Coulthard are a great team, and I 
prefer watching sometimes race highlights, not live, just to, to watch the commentary. And so I don't know who Channel 4 would put in there. It doesn't sound like he's going to go to Sky. So I just think it's a shame. I mean, who would you have as a lead Formula 1 commentator for Channel 4? I've sprung that on you with no prior warning, sorry, but I'm probably the from someone that's not currently employed by Sky or that, um, probably the boy that does Formula E and the or the esports races. Oh right, okay. I've forgotten his name. Yeah, this is it's why just, I shouldn't have asked the question. Just no, it's still <laughs> my head. And is it called Jack? Um, uh, There's a someone who does Formula E and does you came from esports and used to do Formula One on Channel Five, I think. Yeah, he might be the person. Um, he's good. Anyway, I agree with so you. So he he's really good. Hang on. So I'm, I'm going to put in live Google. Here we go. Formula <laughs> E commentator. Not Daniel Franchetti. Oh, Jack him. Nichols, I think is a person. That's it, yeah. Yes, that's a good shout. I'm not going to disagree. He's very good. Yeah. He's, he he did some of the F1 esports stuff at the start of the year as well. I think he did. Yes. Yeah. Um. So I think he'd be very good. I, that's just like Crofty and Ted Kravitz to go into retirement. <laughs> to be honest, um, I quite often just watch races with my remote in the hand and muting when they annoy me. I don't mind is... um, Chandok, so maybe he, maybe instead of Kravitz, you could just have him. And, yeah, and no I don't know else. why you've got both. Karin's uh, yeah. really good. Yeah, uh, I like Paul Ares as well when he's on. Yeah, surprisingly so. Yeah, uh, Nico Rosberg, he's he's been good on it this year. Ah, I've got a point about Nico Rosberg. You've just reminded me. So oh, I'm never a huge fan. No. Right. Who is? But yeah. <laughs> seeing Bottas struggle so much against Hamilton makes me have a greater appreciation for the fact that he actually, obviously he beat him that one year, but not mm-hmm. only that, he was at least taking the fight to Hamilton more than Bottas. Yeah. Um, but it, I can't stand his YouTube but, channel. No. <laughs> when when Rosberg was there, he didn't know who'd be on pole and he didn't know who would win. Yes. Whereas if Bottas gets pole now, I still don't expect him to win. Hundred percent. And when, when he when Rosberg he does his whole pole. Yeah. There was a chance, wasn't there, with Rosberg? And he clearly yeah. clearly took a big toll on him. He put everything into it with his family. And Hamilton made some suggestions that oh the team was more favoured towards him in that twenty sixteen season. But still, way better than Bottas. Just putting that one out there. Yeah, well, I think that season they swapped the pit garage teams around. Yeah. Uh, so they gave uh, Hamilton's engineers over to Rosberg. And that must have been gutting for Rosberg's old engineers. Yeah. They've lost two years in a row, get switched to Hamilton, and they lost again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, that's a kick the balls, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But moving it to the winning side, where you're going to always now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, he started that season real well. I think he won the first six or seven races in a row. He did, and he just maintained that for the rest of the year, didn't he? The gap. Yeah, yeah. And Hamilton, Hamilton took the end of the season before off partying, mm. and then uh, after he won the title. Yeah. So yeah, I, I do. The thing about Valtteri is, I think he's a really good driver. Yeah. But um, it was in Williams, I was really impressed with him. Um, but he's he's. He's quick in some qualifying sessions. He's good in some races, but it's, there's no consistency at all. Um, 
And they really should be. It should be beating Hamilton more than else. It should be closer. Yeah. And two wins in a year is good, but you've got the outright dominant car. Not good enough. And no. in previous years, I think it has been better. I think actually over the course of this year, so far, with a few rounds left, it's not it's not been a good year for Valtteri. And I would love George Russell to be in that seat instead. But it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, no, is it? No. But it might for 2022, do you think? 2022, I think it's nailed on that Russell will be in yeah. Mercedes. Um, so do you think Hamilton, Hamilton will be there? there? Yeah. What do you think about I think, that? Yeah, I think he... I don't know what's holding it up. He, he wasn't happy about the salary cap, which came out a few races ago, which was, I think it's about 30 million split between two drivers. You see, that's that doesn't do Lewis any favours, going back to what I was saying earlier. Like, no. It can be quite div- diversive. And... I mean, he's he's. I think he's on about 40 million eager than now, um, and then he'd be mm. dropping to about Divisive 10. Even. Yeah. yeah. Um but I think he'll sign. Uh it'd, it'd be stupid not to How many how many years do you think he'll sign for? I think he'll sign for two. Two. So he'll do With like possibly an option in one. Yeah. He definitely will be there next year, I think, because in my opinion, he will win the eighth championship and become the all time greatest. And who doesn't yeah. want to do that? No, I know. If you're in that scenario, you're one of the two people in the world can that can ever you know, joint Oh, you should say congratulations to Lewis Hamilton for winning the title in this race. Oh, yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah. I, I assumed they had won it like, back in Monza. Well, he did, really. But yeah. yeah, it was over months ago. But yeah, he, took, he won today and he won the championship. And yeah. he's the best of all time now, statistically. Yes. Do you think he's the best of all time regarding, with you know, without statistics? Impossible, though, that- isn't it? It's hard to say because you didn't. I didn't watch. Different eras. I didn't watch anyone else live. I suppose I seen Schumacher live, but I didn't see yeah. Senna or anyone like Fangio. that. But, yeah, but I'm old enough to way... see Fangio live. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's got the speed. He's now manages the tires well. He's he makes good strategic calls. He's all round package. He's probably up there, um, but. My, my worry about um, staying on longer is I think you'd probably say a two year plus an option for a third because I don't think he'll be happy sticking around in a team where he's not winning uh, from 2022 on if Mercedes yeah. make a mess of it. Yeah. That'll um, ruin his reputation and his record beating status, I think, a little bit. Yeah. And, it and won't. Talks, it, the time will heal, but it, yeah. it won't look good. Anyway, I know he talks about all the time he wants a battle for wins and all that, but I think in reality, if he's sitting, finishing fourth and fifth and struggling to get on podiums, he's not going to want to be there. No. Because he did that with McLaren he and did. he was a miserable git for years. And he left. And he left. <laughs> yeah. I think, I feel like he, you can't compare because, especially in Formula 1, it's such a team sport and it's so rule and car dependent. All you can say is you judge him on his teammates. And, okay, we're just saying Rosberg did very well and won a title over the course of that partnership. Hamilton was the best. He's clearly smashed Bottas. In his debut year, he completely destroyed Fernando Alonso's mindset. Mm-hmm. He then won the championship in 2008. 
The only slight blot on his copybook, I think, is that over the three years he was teammates with Jensen Button. Was it three years? I think it was. Uh, actually, <laughs> Jensen outperformed him. If you take that into, if if that was one long season, Button has more points. And running, I still feel that Hamilton was quicker, but Button played the smart smarter game sometimes, which. Going off to Button, I think he's slightly underrated because everyone thinks he won the title in the best car, and he did. But then he did well against Hamilton, who's now the all-time greatest. So yeah, it'd be very. It's it's interesting. Um, so the the million-dollar question though is where do you put Hamilton against Schumacher? And I don't know. They're, they're very similar. They're very similar. I just think Hamilton uh, Schumacher blotted his copybook a bit with the odd um, not cheating but bending of the driving standards. And Hamilton doesn't really do that. Hasn't ever done it to that notoriety. And therefore, is he better? Hmm, difficult. Difficult because they're not in the same car at the same time. No. And uh, Schumacher did have the best car for many a year. It I is. Mean, yeah. Was it 2001 or 2002 when Coulthard finished second mm-hmm. but was on like half the points <laughs> near? Yeah. Um, so he, he was dominant. Um, and he raced in an era where his teammate was only there to support him. Yeah. Rather than fight him. Mm-hmm. Um but I think it's it's hard to argue. This season's different because Mercedes are so far ahead. Oh, ridiculous. Last last season there was challenges from both Red Bull and Ferrari. And he destroyed him. Uh, yep. And he still came out on top yeah. quite comfortably. Yeah. Easy to forget that, isn't it? Yeah. That's a very good point. And uh it's always hard to judge how much a fact a driver, how much of an effect a driver has on a team, like their feedback, any setup ideas, how that car suits the driving style. But I feel that obviously Hamilton is clearly the dri- a driving force behind the success of that team as well, and how they design things maybe around him, and that's that's a a mark of a champion that you know you don't win a championship unless you're the dominant person in that team. I don't think, regardless of the sport, really. No, um, and um. He's clearly done enough to keep Valtteri at bay. Um, oh yeah, this year especially. And he's he's not he's not let Valtteri come in and put his stamp on it. No, um, not at all. He, he's dominated what he needed to do. Yeah. Um, but that is my worry long term is that if twenty twenty two goes bad, he'll be gone pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's he'll be what thirty seven, thirty eight then. Yeah. There's no point in running no. around at the back. Not doing what Alonso was about to do. Could you ever see him in any other form of motorsport, though? No, I don't. I don't see him ever doing anything no. different. He's got an extreme E team, hasn't he? Though he could double that's in true. that. Yeah, he's going to start that, isn't he? If that series is a success and continues on, you don't know that. I feel like it probably will be, but I don't want to go into that rabbit hole. But it feels like if that's interesting to watch, it'll be a success. If not, no one will care. But anyway, yeah, um, I'd love to see him try. That'll be good though. Uh, a Formula E, just, yeah, um, or an Indy car. Yeah, see, yeah. see if he would do the Indy five hundred. Yeah, um, I mean, but props I for Alonso for at least trying it. that. Yeah, I, I don't see how one ever doing it. No, because I remember back when Hulkenberg did Le Mans and won it. Yeah, uh, very everyone random. Was saying how great it was, and then Hamilton was like, "I'm not bothered. I don't care about <laughs> any other motorsport. It means nothing." Yeah, uh, he'll he'll but, go probably into a career of media and. Fashion design or or music production or something like that, you know. Yeah. Other interests. Yeah. yeah, he's he's got enough other 
creative interests that'll yeah. make him some good money. Yeah, he's, 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 got, he's got enough bank as it is for yeah. the rest of his life. And a dog. Yeah, that, so. that's true. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what I was saying about the salary cap thing. I mean, sure, there's other ways he can make up that money for sponsorship and yeah. endorsements. And yeah. If that's a big sticking point in his contract. Find it from elsewhere? He's got a management team that'll do that. Yeah. yeah. Completely. Yeah. I just wanted to touch on, I don't know if you've got any notes, because I know we've gone on long here, but uh, have you seen the 2021 calendar? I have. Um, I'm glad Vietnam's off it. So, it's gonna be, <laughs> so, so there's 23 races of Vietnam is included. That but is long. at the moment, there's political problems in Vietnam. Yeah. Um, the guy that started, or was head of the team that made, made the race possible, has been arrested for corruption. Oh, really? I've not uh, seen that. Yeah, he's allegedly allegedly been arrested for corruption. Goodness me! And the Hanoi government aren't interested in hosting it. So, nope. start space on the calendar. Poor, um, poor code masters for developing that. I know. <laughs> thank, thank. Ah, oh, I hated that in the game. I hate it. <laughs> I was the only so person bad. who didn't mind it, but it's yeah, it's, it's. I only didn't mind it in the context of Sochi. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. And then we've got uh, Zandvoort making his debut. Thank, um, oh, fingers crossed that happens. That'll be good. And a new race in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. 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 That's, that's just what F1 needed for its image. Where it was yeah. doing the <laughs> we races one and racism, yeah. uh, end racism and all that is to go to Saudi Arabia. Formula E is already there, but yep. that doesn't make it acceptable. Especially in light of the uh, anti-racism causes that Formula One re races one is just it slaps the, the that in the face I think and um, yeah also I don't know what the track's going to be I mean the Formula E track there oh you shouldn't compare that actually because they have different layouts completely but I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be another sort of street circuit thing and yeah it's a street circuit around Jeddah um, which meh. yeah Saudi Arabia are doing this a lot now with sport. And they've got the WWE on a multi-year, hundreds of millions of dollar contract. Right. They got um, Anthony Joshua to fight there last year. Yeah, there was a music festival, wasn't there, with some influences they went across there. They're trying yes. to whitewash Prove their image, yeah. um, despite the fact they're in a war with Yemen and still oh, yeah, chop just people's heads off and stuff like that. They'll ignore all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And but, women were only allowed to drive last year for the first time ever. I, yeah. I mean, that's great, but it's not exactly... no. Modern, um, is it? And just the, the dissolved journalists and acid and things like that. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Which but are... we go to Russia. Oh, yes. Yeah. Speaking, goes speaking to of Russia. dissolving people yeah. in... What? Sorry. <laughs> so there is plenty of other bases where you could make human rights claims against. Yes, there is. Uh, but I think Saudi Arabia is probably the most out there and egregious one that they've decided to sign up for. In uh, 2020, that just seems outrageous. Yeah, and and it's it's a it's a country that's built on oil money. Let's be real, and again, that just seems old fashioned, you know, to accept funds from from something like that. I guess. But I suppose the argument for it is that you never change these countries if you just cut them off. But then, mm. if you give them all your sporting events, are you actually helping? Mm. And I'm not a fan of street tracks, so I'm just yep. I'm not happy about new street circuits being added. Nah, I mean, listen, we we'll have to see the track. I don't have high hopes. I would. I really hoped that they would have modified next year's calendar. I know they've got contracts that they carried over and. Have I know, use, but wasn't Portimao amazing? Portimao, uh, Mugello, Mugello. 
had to even take Turkey. Imola back. Turkey, yeah. It was so Imola good. Had to take back in twenty twenty two, I think, the new cars. Yeah. Back then, but these are proper, proper air quotes. Yeah. Race tracks. With I mean, Portimao is a new. It's not new. It's been around for well over a decade, I think. But it's got your tarmac runoffs, and in theory, that should be rubbish. But the elevation, the topography of the area works perfectly. You know, more blind corners, please. Hmm. And those those tracks have corners. Mugello, Turkey, if it was surfaced properly, and Portimao have all have corners, which are amazing to just see a car on its own drive around. Hmm. Never mind the racing. And I'm sorry, but it's not amazing to see any corner of the French track. No. Castellier. Oh, Paul Ricard. There we go. Got there in the end. Um, you know, so uh, it's a it's a business at the end of the day. But they could have at least yes. squeezed one of those in there in 23 rounds. Yeah. Um, there's a love a track that's hilly. I love a yeah. track that's got corners which are off camera. Well, that's a knock hill inside it. you. It is, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think... Uh, I think F1 needs that because going to a track like Sochi or Paul Ricard, yeah, uh, Barcelona. it's just not Barcelona. It's just not interesting at all nah. uh, to go and see. But I'm excited next year to see tracks like Suzuka and Brazil. Yeah, we've missed those as well. Coming back. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we could squeeze in some of these European races that we, we had this year. It is a global sport, but they have. It's a, they've got to balance spectator interest with money. I thought Liberty was would do that. For example, someone was saying the other day, and I forget who it was, so apologies. They were saying under the previous ownership the Netflix series would have never happened because Netflix didn't pay enough. Mm. And that's a great thing that's for fans. But give us some nice tracks, please. That would be, that'd be really good. Yeah, I mean, some of these tracks are, that we're going to that are rubbish or new. Yeah. Uh, like Sochi. Like, yeah. Surely, to God, we could have designed a better track for them. I'd have a race in Russia, but have it on... There's a new track in Russia that just opened this year called Igora Drive. It's a modern track with asphalt runoff and stuff, but it's got elevation, it's got interesting corners. I would say it's probably to the FAA standard, but I think I think it is. So can we have it on that instead of Sochi, please? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, something something new. We've seen with these new tracks, they, they provide interest as well. And... Uh, there's only really Zandvoort that's different that catches my eye. Obviously, Saudi Arabia is different, but I don't really care about that. So again, they've got the contracts, like you say, but something different would be nice. They're also still talking about uh, racing Miami in the next two or three oh, years that was around happen, the Dodger it? Stadium. Yeah, which um, again is another race around the car park. Yeah, <laughs> it does sound like a car not, park, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, which I'm not excited about. Street tracks are, are funny. There's got to be a special place. Like Monaco's Monaco. special for the place and the history. Yeah, yeah. Azerbaijan is hit or miss. Uh, yeah. But when it hits, it's epic. Yeah, that when time it misses, it's boring. Yeah. Um, the endurance aspect of Azerbaijan is great. Yeah. I'd love to see tracks like Po or Pau, which is in France, which I don't know how you pronounce it, or Macau. But they are too dangerous, and I can see why they're not. But And I think they tried to do an element of that with that. Middle section in Azerbaijan, somewhat successfully, hmm. but you 
some of the other street track well the whole listen i'm open to formula e and i think it's a great thing that they're doing those tracks are terrible and yeah they are literally trying what the car park. differentiate f1 from that is not doing circuits like that yeah and so adding in something that could be like that is is a bad thing i think i mean literally the german the german formula e track is a car park yeah. Um, and the one, uh, like the one in London. I don't know what it is now, but it used to be around one of the parks. Of the parks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. You can see half the track for trees. Yeah, and it was like single track, wide. It was awful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Might have been interesting to spectate, but. Yeah, maybe we need, we need F one to make smart decisions for racing rather than just money. But yeah. It's a balance, and I don't know the figures. But we've obviously got um, Chase Carey stepping aside, isn't he? In Liberty, yep. Stefano Dominicali from Lamborghini. Oh, formerly a Ferrari boss, so conspiracy theory time. Uh, maybe he brings something new and, and thinks more about the races, I don't know, but certainly it hasn't, hasn't happened in the 2021 calendar. And we've got Bahrain as a second round, so we're going to have uh, two rounds near the end of this season. And then we're going to be in Bahrain in March already. Yeah, <laughs> I'm overloaded on Bahrain. Thanks. <laughs> what do you think about the the mad overloop track that we're going to do? First of all, it's not even close to an oval. I don't like how people <laughs> keep mentioning that. Um, yeah, I think it's rubbish on paper, but it's something different. So let's try it. Yeah, I think <laughs> uh, the fact that Roman Grosjean came out and says he hated the idea of it makes me excited for it. So <laughs> that's. Uh, that's why I'm excited about it. It's, it's well, going to be awful. Everyone's going to get stuck in a DRS trade and nothing's going to happen, but I want to see it. You never know. It might be It might be interesting. Yep. And I'm being a hypocrite there because I'm, I'm bashing Saudi Arabia and not seeing the track. And yeah, I'm open to Bahrain. Um, I don't think we well, even need a race there. Can't we just go to Abu Dhabi and skip it? Yeah. The season's over. It's, yeah, forget it. Yeah. It's winter let's time just, now. Let's just, let's just leave it. We're all in another lockdown. Let's just let's just go to Abu Dhabi. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So the final couple of seats are available. What do you think? Where, where are they going to go? Ooh, do, can you remind me who they are? So there's a seat available at Mercedes. Oh, I don't know who could possibly be in that one. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> there is technically a seat available at Racing Point, but Stroll. I don't know who's going to be in that one either. Yeah. <laughs> there is a seat available at AlphaTauri. That's interesting. Yep. There is two seats available at Haas. Oh, that's also interesting, isn't it? Uh, and I believe that is what's remaining because mm. Russell's been double Conf- confirmed. Double confirmed. Yeah, uh, confirmed that his previous confirmation was still valid. Um, <laughs> and Alpha Romeo have decided to keep Giovinazzi and Reichen. Mm. What do you think about the Alpha lineup first of all? Actually, I think it's a team that has written the season off, so I'm not judging Giovinazzi too hard. Yeah, um, I think he's driven better this year than he did last year mm-hmm. in a worse car. Yeah, but I still haven't been impressed with him. Uh, no. He's had good starts, which is the thing people keep talking about, but I'm not actually impressed. The with thing with the good anything else. Yeah, the thing with a good start is it's actually probably better to qualify higher up. In the first yeah. place, <laughs> yeah, then you don't, you don't need it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm mixed on that. I I think to be sceptical, there's a marketing value for Kimi Raikkonen to be there. 
PR value. You know. And from a marketing side, if you're trying to sell Alfa Romeo cars, which they're not doing very successfully at the minute, sadly, uh, to have an Italian in the squad while that sponsorship agreement exists is perfectly suited to that. Yeah. But and, uh, uh, personally, I, you know, I actually don't really care too much about Raikkonen continuing a season when the rules I mean the engines are basically going to be the same performance next year so are they going to really have a leap forward? Probably not Well Ferrari are bringing a new engine next year which they're talking up as being I believe it when I see it back to back to what they expected for this year. I mean if that's the case fantastic, I'm interested in 2021 but, but I'm sceptical towards it Yeah, yeah same yeah. I'll uh... Now, who would you put in the Alpha Tower then? Or the Toro Rosso, as I like to call it still. <laughs> I I would probably put uh, Albon in there. Ooh. I know I know the one that gets Shinoda in F1, but I don't think another year in F2 would harm him. Fighting for a title in F2. I, think I don't think that's a bad thing for him. Mm. Um, I think Albon... Hasn't didn't impress me the first time in Alphatari. I thought he was doing a decent job. I think he had a decent second half to last mm-hmm. season with Red Bull, mm-hmm. and I think he's had a shocker this year. Yeah, but there's there's something still there. Yeah. So I think I think I'd like to see Albon back in that car and give Shinoda another year, and have to. What happens to Kvyat? Kvyat say. Kvyat, yes, right. Back to Russia. Uh, <laughs> Some hard bass in his flat for a year, and then come back. <laughs> yeah, I love that meme. I love that meme. So. He, he has been, uh, he has been talking about coming back for twenty twenty two, and try and find a seat. Of course, I I don't, of course yeah, I don't, I don't see anyone that would take him on. But I'm afraid I it's. Actually, I think he's actually done decent this year. Oh uh, yeah, I think he had a good start to the year, which is easy to forget. I feel like almost he outperformed Gasly in some respects at the start of the year. But he's then only really shone, I think, when Gasly's not been in the race, like Emilia, for example. I think there's a mm. mental thing there. And I do, I would like to see him do well, actually. I don't mind him. I think he's very talented. But I think it's um, over and out, like Vitaly Petrov. Mm. Um, maybe he finds a driving prototypes with the new Le Mans rules coming in or something like this. It's a shame. Because I, I do feel, well, I do feel sorry for him just quickly on... Um, when he got dropped from Red Bull, hmm. uh, that that was undeserved, that in my was, opinion. But yeah, that was that was a lot of rubbish. Yeah, when you look at his results, yeah, uh, that he was doing, then he beat Ricardo in his first year, yeah, and then three, four races in his second, yeah, he yeah. dropped him. I honestly feel like because he hit Vettel and, and Red Bull was so favoured towards Vettel, they were just like, right, no, you're out. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he didn't have bad moments. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had plenty, but yeah, he yeah. still had a lot of good results and as that well. Clearly destroyed him. Yeah, permanent damage there. Um, I, I would put, you know, I would put Gasly. I mean, people are very excited about Sonoda, and I think is there a Honda connection there? Don't know. Hmm. Bit of patriotism, bit of patriotism, even. Uh, yeah, listen, I think Albon in his current form is does not justify a Red Bull seat, but I really feel for him. And it'd be, yeah. it'd be, I think he can rebuild things with a year at AlphaTauri. Maybe get a contract somewhere else further down the line. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's in a tough position in that Red Bull. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Clearly doesn't suit him. He doesn't mm-hmm. know. He hasn't got the experience to get on top of it. Yeah. Put him in an easy car. Yeah. Let him build himself back up. 
Because Perez or Hulkenberg isn't a long-term investment. No, that so, could be a one-year contract, right? Yeah. Uh, and either would take year. it. Yeah. And uh, you've got Albon still waiting there. It just seems a shame that he's, looks like he's going to be out completely. Yeah, I I would like to keep Albon on there. And it saddens me that Kvyat's going, but ultimately that's probably what will happen. I think. And I think he knows it Yeah. when he's in interviews and stuff. He's trying to hype himself up a bit too much. He's thinking, ah, uh, yeah. We've got not a contract option for next year. And what about Haas then? That's locked in, isn't it? But not announced in theory. Is it? Is it Mazepin and uh, Schumacher? That's that's a rumor of Mazepin and Schumacher. Um, Ferrari were talking the other day that they're not sure. I think Mazepin's in there for the money, so that's pretty much conf- confirmed. So he's got a lot of Russian money behind him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, see, Kvyat's gone, but there'll be still a Russian presence on the grid. So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the Ferrari have been talking about the not sure between uh, Schwartzman, Schumacher and Eilat Eilat's pretty good I think yeah. they're, they're all still doing I think the young driver test in Abu Dhabi um, so they're all I think, still doing that but I'm pretty sure it'll be Schumacher that'll be in there they're really keen on getting him up so I think I agree it with makes you makes more that. sense and uh, this year's been good you don't lead a championship for nothing. Now, he might yep. not win it at the end, but I'd actually think at the start of the year he lacked an edge that was truly like, oh, he's the quickest. Because, again, with F2, and I'm not too much of a fan of this, you've got the different tyre compounds and you've got the DRS. Um, and, oh, there's a reverse grid as well, right? So sometimes it's harder mm. to see who's got the outright pace. But cream rises to the top, as Tim Harvey would always say. And... Uh, I think he's done well. He did that weird mistake at Silverstone where he chopped someone's nose off, didn't he? But um, yeah, it was his teammate. It was Schwartzman. Was but it? his radio message at the end was very apologetic, so he kind of knew it, and that's that was kind of classy, I thought. Yeah. And he's good, and it'd be very exciting to see a Schumacher name back in Formula One. Unfortunately, it's in a house. However, that gives him room to grow, learn, and with zero pressure in in, in, in many ways. No one's saying, yeah. "Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna do well." Well, there's no pressure to get in a Ferrari seat in the next year too, because they've got Claire and signs for two year three deal. years signed up. Yeah. So there's no pressure for them to, to move them up. It might even move yeah. to Alfa Romeo after a year if that deal's still going, hmm. and when Raikkonen retires or something, if that's seen as a step up, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's really easy to forget that Haas used to get into Q3 only a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's I bizarre. Know, what's happened? It's ever since uh, Cam got the job, they've went downhill. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Cam. Sorry, sorry. If you ever listen to this, I apologise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they 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 brought up, they brought off this season about two races in. Yeah, and they felt like they did something similar last year as well. Yeah. In many ways. It was just like, ah, screw it. We'll try next year. See, uh, you never know how much they're actually been developing for next year. It sounds like they've got this infinite money pool is starting to run a little thin. Uh, hence why you've got a driver with some backing and a driver mm. with a highly sponsor-friendly name. Yeah, I'm not saying that's why I Schumacher like... got the drive, by the way, but I'm just saying it's, it helps them. No, but that kind of surprised me why they didn't go for... At least one um, of them. Perez. Oh, Perez, yeah. But True. I think uh, for Ferrari get a say... Well, I think Ferrari get a say over Alfa Romeo's second seat. Yeah. I don't know if they've got the same deal with uh, well, Haas. Previously, no. 
because that's why Magnuson and Grosjean have a drive for it. But sure. there could be a nice deal on some discounted engines there, couldn't there? Yeah. Uh, we need 20 quid off if you put in yeah. young young Schumacher boy. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, was it Jack Mjolnir was right another day that uh, he doesn't think that he'll be any good. He think he'll be more Ralph than Michael. I'm, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's probably a peak. I can't remember if it was Villeneuve, but he normally says um, nasty stuff like that. So Let's be real was. about it, though. Jack Villeneuve is an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> there, I've said it's it true. on the internet, so it's true. That's true. No, listen, yeah. Jack Villeneuve, I think he, does he work for Italian media? Mm, he definitely. He's a, he's a money media. Yeah, yeah. And he's like their equivalent of like a, Nigel Farage or Jeremy Clarkson of the Formula One world, where he comes out with these crazy statements and it gets lots of clicks. Hmm. That's his job now. Yeah. Yeah, he used to be world champion. Think about that. <laughs> probably making good money out of seeing absolutely. Yeah, probably, so. probably in a lot more money than me. But, uh, oh well. He's lost his credibility, in my opinion, in that respect. Uh, it, listen, it could be wrong. But he's obviously probably bitter about Mark Schumacher as well. There's probably some context there. Ralph Schumacher's got a son, hasn't he, in driving? He's not doing very well. Is he not an A3? Oh, now you've got me. I shouldn't have mentioned that. I'm sure he... Hmm. He might be an oh, A3. You've puzzled me there. I think he's an A3. Ugh. I may have to look this up after. Um, I've got to Google it now. <laughs> but as we've seen from uh, like Bruno Senna and the like, uh, Nelson Piquet Jr., just having the name isn't enough. Yeah. Uh, all right, he's called David Schumacher. He's born in 2001. He's 19. He's from Germany. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> but where does it say where he's doing what he's doing? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, 2019. Yes, yes, he's doing it. But he left the team after the third round. That's always a good sign. Always a good sign. Yeah. Do you remember when Damon Hill had a son who was doing some racing as well? That's disappeared as well. No. Anyway, I think he did some British British series and then yeah. not anymore. Well, well, sorry about that. That's a that's tangent. <laughs> it's all right. Um, so, anything else you want to say about this weekend? <laughs> Enjoy the turn car racing. It was good. Fine. Glad glad it's over. No, I'm not. I'm sad it's over. There should have been another round normally, wouldn't there? In a in a year. Yeah. And now what we're going to do in the winter time? <laughs> oh, we're well, going to watch got... Bahrain. Twice. Yeah, we've got a one week break and then we've got a double header of Bahrain yeah. and then Abu Dhabi. Uh, and then there's a week testing after Abu Dhabi. So With the young guns. I think we've run up to the week before Christmas then, I think. And then we're going to find a new race series to watch. Which is fine. You, you like to watch cars run, driving through Wales and stuff like that. Yeah, so but yeah, but you've got plenty. So normally you've got WRC ends in December and starts in January. Isn't that crazy? Mm. Yeah. However, uh, rallying is very difficult to control under COVID situations, I think, because it's not a, not in a locked in circuit. I know there's more landmass, hmm. but it's harder to con- you can't control people getting to the stage and therefore say to the authorities, "Yeah, no one came," hmm. because you can just walk across the field and get there. Um, so the the round there was supposed to be a round of WRC uh, a couple of weeks ago in Belgium got cancelled. Hmm. And they've got a final round, which is very interesting. Did you, have you heard about... I know you don't follow WRC, but have you heard where the final round's going to be? No. Monza. What? Yeah. Around uh, yeah. the gravel traps and stuff. Around, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you've said it, that makes more sense than what they're doing. <laughs> they do, like... They put cones out, 
and they make a track <laughs> at that stage, oh. and then they they change the cones, and then they do another. Oh. But they also use the old banking. Do they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is pretty oh. cool. They actually use oh. that as part of the route, and um, it's it's a yearly thing as a Monza rally. It's not part of the WRC. It's just they were desperate for rounds and they're doing it. And hmm. Valentino Rossi's won it like three or four times, so there's a rumor that he might enter and compete in it, which would be quite hmm. interesting. But yeah, it's not a traditional rally, but it's just because it's in a closed venue, basically. And it's, so it might happen. That's supposed to be in December. Um, what else is it? Well, there's normally a Formula E season, but I don't know what's going on with that. That Doesn't that normally run around from this to... Yeah, it normally starts before the year end, but yeah. I haven't seen a calendar for it. No, so um, I would know that's at least something to watch, you know, in, in some form, along with your rallying. So I don't know. That's it. Oh, there's a Dakar rally in January, maybe. Hmm. Might watch that. <laughs> well, we'll just to stick to virtual racing. Very true. Yeah, because yeah, I think the IndyCar, it's not really carrying on much longer. No, I think that's uh, well. The champion's already been crowned, so I don't know if they've got a race left or not. I think but Scott Dixon won it again, race, didn't he? But... Yeah, so we're going to have a, a barren few weeks until the new yeah. year. Well, this podcast has gone long, on very long, so people have to listen to this. So it might take them a few weeks to get through it. <laughs> have something true. to do. <laughs> Well, considering you're on it, I've lost 10% of my audience, so... Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Thank you to the guy in India that downloaded my last episode, though, whoever you are, thank you for that. Oh, wow, excellent. International well, podcast. Worldwide audience, or the guy in Germany, or somebody in Canada. Isn't that crazy? Isn't the internet amazing? Yep. Oh, I just thought of two... I know we've gone on very long. Two small points. <laughs> two small points. One... Because it was the final round of the British Touring Cards. Did you notice the Game of Thrones music on the warm-up lap? No. Well, it wasn't Game of Thrones, but it was trying to copy it. I thought that was weird and didn't work. <laughs> on the, on the warm-up lap, they were trying to, trying to like make it more dramatic. And uh, it was just like, oh, guys, come on. And then, um, yeah, I wasn't a fan of DRS in that race. I don't think it needed it. Ooh, oh, I've opened right. a can of worms. That had to be DRS towards the end, didn't it? I felt that it would have been more fun to see people try to overtake people with different tyres going on than, oh, they've driven past them. Yeah. But that's very old school. I just think the DRS effect is too... I don't mind DRS, but the effect of it is too strong with this current rule set where there's a high downforce car. And so it would have been nice to have a wet race without it and see what it's, see if it was good or not. There you go. I was I was surprised they enabled it. Um, Me too. I thought you weren't allowed to use it on Inters, but it was yeah. obviously at the discretion of the director. Yeah. Um, but there was a few moves that did help. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty easy going down the last one, but it was too easy. Yeah, um, I felt so. It's a, it seems it must be hard for them to judge. Yeah, yeah, because because uh, it was too short. Yeah, so no one got past. Uh, yeah, but then yeah. Portimao and Mugello, it was too long. Too easy, and everyone got past. Yeah, so hopefully twenty twenty two we won't need it. We're pinning a lot of hopes on twenty twenty two, aren't we? I know, I'm putting all my hopes in it. <laughs> uh, I, I know it's staying, but I, it shouldn't have the same effect if the ground effect and all that Exactly. Yeah. I'm dubious that people have already designed around it. I think you've got the cleverest engineers in the world and designers and aerodynamicists. And what was it? Tw- well, 2009 is a great example where they're going to cut all the aero down and someone, someone invented the double diffuser, didn't they? Yeah. 
there we go. That was the end of that. And then <laughs> a couple, couple of years later, Red Bull had their Bowen diffuser. Yeah. Oh, do you remember the F-Dust as well? Yeah. Where everyone was driving around with one hand on the steering wheel to, and the other hand trying to control a flap or something. Yeah. Yep. They'll find ways. They'll, they'll find a way around it. Yeah. Um, and any any initial promise will be designed out by the big boys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but still, no, come on. Yeah, I think I'll, you were positive and I've brought it down to a negative. Come no, on, 2022, okay. let's go. 2022 is going to be great. And I think <laughs> Red Bull is going to be close at Mercedes next year. God, I hope so. Um, and have a bit more of a fight. Here's to that. I'm going to have a drink of sparkling water in celebration to that statement. Cheers. Good man. Um, mm. I'd open a bottle of whiskey and have a cheers with you there. But it's a Sunday night. It's a Sunday night. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got to drive into a COVID hotspot tomorrow morning. So. Oh, goodness. Good luck with that. <laughs> so, um, stick to the water. But cheers for doing this. Um, that's uh, all right. And I'm sorry for rambling on too much. Uh, uh, but it's been really good. Gets the mud spot out of my system, as you can tell. Yep, because I need to speak tomorrow night now when we're playing F1. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can just sit in silence. Hmm. Yeah. We'll have to have a, yeah, hear other people's opinions on it, on the F1 2020 <laughs> online, but that'll be good. Yeah, true. Thanks for the invite. But, Much appreciated. Cheers for doing this. Welcome anytime we do it. Yep. And uh, I just hope the recording's worked. Yeah. This is, uh, <laughs> this is bad, buddy. If I hit stop now, it all just disappears. But hopefully not. Right. But cheers, Tom. Thanks for doing this. That's all right. Thank you very much. And uh, to all the listeners in India and Germany, cheers. Yep. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for uh, making it through if you get to this point. You've got a keen ear if you've listened to both of us for two and a half hours. But thanks anyway, Tom. We'll see you. Thank you very much. See you. Cheers. Bye. Bye.